0: Hello
1: and welcome to episode 455 of Conversation Street. I am Michael. I'm Gemma. She is Gemma, and we are going to be talking about the episodes of Curry between the 25th and the 29th of January 2021. In this. Fine podcast that you've chosen to listen to today. Um, that, by the way, is episodes 10,231 to episodes 10,236. Yeah. Okay, this week's episodes. I think I introduced that pretty well. I think people know what they, they've got themselves in for by switching this thing on today.
2: Spoiler free. It's
1: spoiler free, it is, it is. spoiler free. Let's indeed. talk
2: about the first thing Patreon <laughs> competition.
1: <laughs> We're just going to get straight we through with this. We are going
2: to remind you that there is a Patreon competition where you can win a year subscription to our Patreon, the top tier, which top gets tier you access to you exclusive content. You get all the episodes we've already recorded, plus a year's worth, one a month of brand new stuff and a piece of exclusive curry merch. merch. Yeah, no,
0: well,
1: sorry, sorry, not exclusive. curry merch. combi merch. Com-
2: combi merch. And yeah.
1: we have just recorded our latest Patreon episode, haven't we, last weekend where we. Was it last weekend? It was, wasn't it? Where we I did don't our know what top time five is anymore. ways that we want Coronation Street to end. Or if it was to end, yeah, how would, we, how end would we want to end it? And yeah. um that was that's quite a creative discussion. Was. Yeah, it was yeah. with a bunch of nonsense basically, wasn't it? But um fun nonsense. So if you like the sound of that, then uh, why not have a go at entering our competition? This is for new patrons only remember. So if you've already been a patron, if you already are one, I don't know why you'd want to enter. But anyway, you can't. This is the people that it's want to money. dip their toes in. Um and... This is for
2: people that won't have couldn't have the opportunity to be a patron. Our, our benevolent benefactor has um has extended this prize to people who who couldn't um afford to be patrons. Indeed, and we're very grateful for their donation. Um, and this is open worldwide as well.
1: Gemma, this sounds like if I was not me or a patron subscriber, I would want to enter this competition. How would I do it?
2: Well, Michael's made it very complicated and annoying. It's for you not. Too, but this really... is like
1: really, really super simple to enter this competition. Yeah, I'm I sorry.
2: How long are all the episodes of Conversation Street combined between episode 1 and episode 454, which is the last episode? So you combine it all together, Yeah. all the numbers, you can probably just take a punt at it and go, they probably talk for like three hours a week, they've done it, we only missed one week this entire time. That- no,
1: we've missed two weeks. We took two weeks off after my mum died. Oh,
2: I'm sorry. I do apologise. I thought it was only one week. I maybe I, maybe I, that was six. You strung it out to the end of the year. Um, so, so, you know, maybe just guess. Just give, it, give it a Three guess. Hours, There's no harm in guessing.
1: If you were to write in right this very moment with a guess, you would be in for a very good chance of winning. a chance of wins. Yeah, you don't have to get it exact.
2: Nope. You could
1: say five minutes and you might be the closest entrant at the moment. At
2: the moment. (laughs) Email us with the header, patron competition, and the deadline is the 19th of February. Get those answers in. Now. Now. Right, let's do a quiz. Have we not got, like, any news of the week? Nobody's interested.
1: I've got lateral flow tests for COVID that I have to start taking tomorrow. That's quite interesting news.
2: Yeah, Michael's People love
1: stories books. about me having things stuck up my nose. The swamp by feedback last week about the tube up my nose down the throat story, honestly, I can't tell you. Tomorrow morning, I have got to take a little... Is that a cotton swab? You investigated this earlier. I didn't
2: look at it too much. I'm supposed because... to
1: get at the back of my mouth, but not my tongue, not my cheeks, not anything else. Not your tonsils. Not my tongue. No, it's supposed to be my tonsils. Oh, I'm supposed tonsils. to be getting... Don't, don't gag. Have have,
2: what if you don't have tonsils? But then I
1: have to... St- where your tonsils would have been. Oh, yeah. And then I have to put it up my nose.
2: It's right so up until what? I
1: can feel pressure. Feel pressure. But but the lady the, at work- the,
2: the Michael, there's nothing up there to... To
1: pressurize you the other way. <laughs> uh, the lady at school today said if I don't want to do it with my throat, then I could do both nostrils instead. Oh
2: we do. And then have I have to nostrils. stick it
1: in a little tube and wait half an hour to find out whether I've got COVID or not. It's very exciting. About I'm on the edge hour. of my seat. If I do have COVID at the moment it'd be a bit of a mystery because we haven't really been out much recently, have we? You don't
2: even have two nostrils, do you?
1: I do have two nostrils, I so just can't get things up one of them. I've got a deviated septum.
2: Hooray! Isn't that exciting, everybody? And also, here's my boasting news. One of my best friends just helped develop a special new test for COVID, which is you just spit into something. That's pretty good, isn't it? That's
1: pretty amazing. Yeah. Awesome.
2: Yeah. My friends are quite brainy. I don't know why they hang around with me.
1: <laughs> what have Mind you, they're not very good what at grammar. What have drama. you achieved this week, Gemma?
2: Um... I did a quiz. Do you want to hear more about it?
1: Yes. I would like to take your Corrie quiz, please.
2: One Corrie quiz coming right up for you, Michael. 25th to twenty 29th of January. Years only one in the six. Sources from com. I'm going to crash it. Question a minute, number one. 25th of January, 1991. What outfit does Raquel need to be coaxed into wearing for the grand trolley dash?
1: A swimsuit. Like Miss Better Buy's swimsuit yeah.
2: thing. Who wins the trolley dash and why?
1: Rita. Reg fixed it.
2: What, do you remember why he, why he told her he wanted? So oh, he, I think he, he said something
1: there. like, oh, I wanted to have somebody, somebody glamorous like, In to put on the papers or something, yeah. yeah. 20... We, we did only just watch this episode this a few a weeks ago, tea, by yeah. the way. 25th
2: of January 2006, why do Kevin and Sally report Craig Harris to the police? And it's not for his fashion sense.
1: Oh. Um, we
2: should do a little um, mini section about goths on Coronation Street, because there's only been like three.
1: We could, we could. I'm going to say that possibly uh, he was caught in bed with Rosie.
2: Correct. Mm. And I so assume she was reward. underage. Underage sex with Rosie. 25th of January 2016, Rita sees something disturbing on her tablet and tells Sophie that someone from her past has been in touch. But who is it?
1: Mm, on her tab.
2: Yeah. Not like a t- taken tablet, like an iPad.
1: Was it the Blanche story? Is it Blanche? What's the answer?
2: No, it's Jenny Bradley. Um uh, Everyone is so disappointed yeah. in you that you got that wrong. Oh that
1: wasn't that was yeah, that was Norris's tablet, the the ghost of Blanche appeared on,
0: wasn't it?
2: Oh yeah, well you should have got it in the clue that it was her tablet, Michael. It's yeah. very specific. Twenty yeah. sixth of February nineteen ninety six, whose appearance in Audrey's life leads to her to reinvent her past life. Including husbands who died young.
1: Stephen Reed.
2: Yes. Who is that?
1: Her son.
2: Canadian.
1: Canadian Stephen.
2: <laughs> 27th. Of Hello,
1: I'm Stephen Reed. I'm your secret son. <laughs> 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 I to come there, oh, hmm.
2: Audrey. Look, How you doing it, Audrey, now Keep it quiet, lovey. I was doing a very impression, <laughs> but I just gave up now. 27th of January, 1961. Why do the residents have to be evacuated to the mission...
1: Oh god, I never remember um, there were
2: so many mishaps in the early days aren't there <sighs> there really were
1: it's because it's were war, it? it was just after the war wasn't it and
2: also you could just like get away with going oh no oh there's a there's the explosion at the sock factory and just like shake the camera throw some polystyrene in front of it and like a few socks th- flying through the air and then, like, have Harry on the floor collapsed.
1: I know that I'm, I know that I don't know whether I'm making this up or not, but it did feel like in the 60s DVD box set that we watched, there seemed to be more like big major disasters yeah, like than we got in maybe lost. in the, you know, the 80s. and Yeah, I think you're right. So. Um, I'm it's just still it. Because life was more precarious here. back in those days. Wasn't it, it?
2: It? it was, it was. Especially um, up north.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to say that this one was. An unexploded bomb. No, it was gas a gas leak. main, yeah gas. Yeah. Oh, gas, I knew it was one of those. Gas things. main on fire. I can never get them.
2: Twenty seventh of January nineteen seventy one. What unfortunate mishap prevents Ken from leaving to live in Jamaica. <laughs> oh, it
1: is Belle's death. She hairdried herself to death, didn't she? Which was which did get a nice call out on the show this week. Yeah. Appreciate it. And in that. case
2: anybody misheard what you just said, you didn't say Belle, you said Val. Val. Yes. Oh. She it sounded like you said Belle. No. She electrocutes herself By fiddling with the plug of a hairdryer. Yes. Don't do that. Again. She never did. 27th of January 1986. Who does Kevin splash with his van?
1: Oh, Sally. Sally who? Seddon.
2: That's right. I wrote Gina for some reason. (laughs) God, don't listen to me. 27th of January 2006. Blanche believes that Eccles has been eaten by Schmeichel. But what actually happened? I was shocked when I read this.
1: I don't remember this at
0: all.
2: Eccles has gone missing. Eccles has gone missing. Obviously, gets found at at some point between then and last year. Never, no, she was murdered no, by Emma. I,
1: I don't know. Tell me.
2: Ken lost her on purpose on a walk. Calls herself himself scoundrel. vegetarian. <laughs> I don't think
1: he did back then.
2: No. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's probably what made him realise that he should be kind animal's of animals. his life's precious. Yeah. Twenty seventh of January two thousand and eleven. Why do Eileen and Julie break into the builder's yard? <sighs> mm. Is this related to
1: um, her stealing money from uh, from Wasser's face last week? Mm-hmm. Maybe to try and cover up that they stole that she stole money from Ross's face.
2: No, to steal documents to prove Owen oh, is defrauding stealing. the tax man. Uh. And then they go and tell him, they give him the money back and say, Here's your documents, here's the money, don't tell anybody, or even Stevens, and he's like, Gosh. Okay, damn it. I forgot. Twenty-seventh of January two thousand and sixteen, Rita and Jenny meet in a park and Jenny is upset. I remember that. And Rita doesn't immediately forgive her. Hashtag man behaving Bradley. <laughs> Yeah. Um she drops her purse when she runs away and Rita tracks her down with the yeah. information inside it, but where is she living? It's
1: got me bad, sir.
2: I I would have also accepted to squalid. Yeah. 27th of January 2016, Audrey collapses and thinks she's dying. When? When? 2016. Okay. She confesses her love to someone, but who? Uh, Can. Yes. She says she's been in love with him for months, which I think is a bit (laughs) damning, really, considering they've known each other for like 40 years. 28th that was a bit
1: silly, wasn't it? Looking back on it, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah,
2: Twenty yeah, eighth yeah. like, hmm. of January, nineteen seventy six. Who does Blanche leave for Kenilworth with?
1: God, what was he called?
2: He was the Ducker and the Diver. He was. He was everywhere and oh nowhere. Oh my all gosh, at
1: once. what was he called? Because he went out he with most, he went out with Irma Barlow. He's for got a bit almost Zard, didn't
2: the he? most boring name in Cory history. <sighs>
1: Oh, you're gonna kick myself.
2: This is like a super. Dave Smith. Yes, Dave Smith. (laughs) (laughs) Right, final question. 29th January 2001. Why is Betty so annoyed when David says to her in the pub, Two corks when you're ready, Betty love?
1: (laughs) I don't know. That's a bit
2: cryptic, isn't it?
1: David says, Two corks when you're ready, Betty love. Two
2: corks. Cokes, Coca Colas. Yeah. When you're ready, better love. Why she get annoyed? 2001.
1: <laughs> Hang on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Hang okay. on a minute. I we're think doing a bit of maths. He's fairly young. Yeah. He's a little boy. He's a boy. Yeah. And he shouldn't be ordering at the bar.
2: Incorrect. Children were allowed in the pub for the first time.
1: Oh. So I'll
2: give you half. I um. Like and she was that. annoyed at his impertinence. So she also didn't really think that children should be in the pub. Okay. I don't
1: know what that score is. I can never count. Uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 and a half out of... 11, 12, 13, 15 or so. Hooray! It's pretty good, pretty good. Congratulations.
2: Birthdays. Birthday time. of January, Oliver Mellor, played Matt Carter. 31st of January, Amelia Ballmore played Steph Barnes. Chris Gascoigne, who's Peter Barlow, the 6th. 1st of February, John Bow, who's played Dougie Ferguson. Dawn Laidlaw play Laidlaw, sorry, that plays Aggie Bailey. Linus wrote to is Peter Barlow the third, and also the son of William Shakespeare. No, William Shakespeare. <laughs> Second of February. Go, go go go. go 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 I'm not having a stroke. I'm just saying things wrong. Jeffrey Hughes. Oh, Jeffrey Eddie Hughes. Totally love him. And Caroline O'Neill played Andrea Clayton. Third of February. The great Doris Speed played Annie Walker. This is a
1: good week for Cory birthdays. Oh, wait one, till isn't you it. hear the
2: last one.
1: Go on 4th
2: of February, Peter Ash, who plays Paul Foreman. Amazing. Ending on a high. That's it. That's the birthday. It's a pretty good week. That is a
1: very good week. What for a great. Birthday's. Well
2: done, as usual. I always congratulate you. Well done, Cory mums.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've kind of forgotten why we do birthdays now.
2: What, well, it's what? kind of
1: interesting in a way, but I think
2: it's does to anyone remind... actually,
1: you know, plan their birthday card sending out based on the beginning of our episodes each week or I schedule a tweet to say congratulations or something? Maybe
2: we remind some of our celebrity listeners that they need to get their, their colleagues and That's friends a it, card. It?
1: That is definitely <laughs> it. Even though we do this, I am quite often surprised when somebody says, it's my birthday on Twitter and I go, oh yeah, we said that on the well, podcast last really, week. we
2: need to get... up." Uh, HootSuite or whatever, and set up sending out automated birthday messages. But where, there's no soul in that, is there?
1: You, you get right on that.
2: I'll do that later.
1: Right, shall we? I oh, shall
2: do it now, I'm not doing anything else.
1: This is your podcast. Oh, your podcast.
2: okay, right.
1: Shall we talk about this week's Coronation Street?
2: No one else is going to do it, are they? No. Well, some people do. Well. Talk amongst yourselves.
1: <laughs> I don't know what to say. Let this street talk. <laughs>
2: Before we begin Street Talk, I just need to give you... We don't normally do this, but it's a trigger warning. We're going to talk about some really serious topics. We're going to talk about suicide, addiction, alcoholism, racism.
0: We, we cover the whole gamut. It's
2: the, you'll notice is a very long episode. <laughs> so if any of these subjects are going to upset you please do not listen to the episode. We try to be as sensitive as possible, but we understand that mentions of these things will upset some people. Also, sometimes so,
1: we're not the most sensitive of podcasts, so here, mostly me.
2: Yeah, so and, so, here's, so here's Street Talk.
1: Okay, I, I think I've calmed down a little bit now. I think I, was, I came across as a little bit hyper in, in, our, um, in our intro there. I That's just get fine. so excited to do a podcast with you every Friday night. Why
2: wouldn't you be excited? Think of all the great things that happened this week, such like
1: as what? Peter
2: having a seizure.
1: He did have a proper yeah. old seizure today, didn't he?
2: Peter and out. Peter and out is Pet- the first thought I'm
1: going to do this week. Peter and Carla. Oh, the Carla and Peter fans. The what did they call? I can't think. Carter. Carter. Oh, the Carter fans. Oh, they loved it this week, but they're probably crying and stuff. Watch what you're doing with, with Stan's correlation. They totally, totally baited the Carter fans on Twitter on Wednesday night, going, Oh, Carter and Peter fans, oh, what are you going to think of tonight? You've just got to be careful with that cause you don't want to get into a karma situation here. And, well, they may be developing something with Nina and Asher as well. I,
2: that is the final one. That is the You've fi- skipped ahead. Oh, oh my Goth. I like that, it was quite funny.
1: Yeah, or, or Gothic romance, I think we could call it yeah. as well. No, that's our sixth storyline. Oh, I've written Ray Ray gone away for the second story, but I didn't. I didn't actually meant to, to call it that, but I suppose we could. That's my temporary story. Ray
2: Ray, it's time to pay.
1: Yeah, something like that. Then we will have. Those are obviously oh the two main God. stories this week, and then we add a load of like little stories, including Gail's capers. And oh my! God.
2: How much mileage can you get out of the fact that the word Fanny is a woman? It used to be a woman's first name, not so popular anymore. Also means a lady's private area in the UK or her derriere abroad.
1: I think that Coronation Street is banking on getting a heck of a lot of mileage out of I that. I can't
2: see this ending anytime soon, but I kind of feel a bit as though I was immediately over it.
1: We're kind of sport for choice for storyline titles here. I, I don't know. For example, I've got something kind of funny. A bit of a funny story. Fanny business. Gail, fannies about. Desperately finding Fanny. Any of them will oh, do. See, so look, uh, if you again, were like in the Coronation
2: Street writer's room, you'd say, yeah, great, bung them all in. Yeah. Ooh, they can all go in the script. Yeah. It's, why, why pick one? Um
1: Oh, no, we, we both came up with storyline titles for the Bailey story oh, this yeah. year, didn't we? You wanted to call it...
2: Barely any room.
1: Bailey, any room. I wanted to call it Threes are Crowded.
2: Because so <laughs> number three. Number
1: three is And there's three crowded.
2: people that don't like it. Oh no! know, there's two people that don't like each other and one person stuck in the middle. Yeah. And then James and Ed going, don't just leave me out of it. Again, okay, we've got a couple of storyline
1: titles there. Then we will have got the uh, the Better called Paul story, which I just can't be able to think of another story for. Um, and then we will have the Oh My god story at the end. Yeah. So, Gemma, would you like to take the Peter story? Because I think mm. from the discussions we were having during the week, um, you were more, you felt more sympathetic towards that. It kind of... Touched you more and got you in the feels more than me, maybe. And you, um,
2: it's because you lead, you don't realize that you lead such a charmed life. You, your emotions, this is going to sound rude, but your emotions are not very <laughs> complicated, you. are they? Like, you, you don't overthink things, and I really no, admire you for that. I like, don't. you're like, oh, nice cup of tea, whereas I'm like, nice cup of tea. What happens if we run out of tea bags because of Brexit? We have to buy some more milk. Oh, this cup's not very clean. I have to make sure that that gets clean because the dishwasher's broken. Blah, blah, blah. Like you, you, although you stress about stuff and sometimes you get down, I feel like there's no way you're ever going to end up as an alcoholic.
1: I for I, example. I, lead a simple life yeah, in you many do, ways. You do. Like Kirk. Uh, but I, I do think that there well, is... I am
2: the queen of overcomplication. <laughs> I
1: do th- also think that there's something, you know, not quite right inside my head because I do really struggle to empathise with um with people and, you, you know, on, on TV. Probably real life as well, to be honest. I think um,
2: real, real and, life pretty much can I can, I can well.
1: quite often on telly uh, watch people going through the most hideous emotional trauma and it just kind of leaves me cold.
2: What do you mean? Do you not, like... You feel sorry for them? I, what are you thinking? You're sometimes I,
1: sometimes I don't. Maybe a little bit. Sometimes I do. Forrest Gump makes me cry. So there must be something that's, you know... Forrest
2: Gump's rubbish.
1: But I, I must admit that I was watching... <laughs> and i tell you what, Chris Gascoigne, <laughs> what a fantastic job he did this week. In fact, all three of the leads there, Chris, Ali and William Roach, is still... Continues to Dude, wow and impress it. me. He has got it. Yeah, they were acting their little socks off this week. But I was kind of sitting watching them on on Monday and Wednesday, particularly going, yeah. And, and that was about it. Whereas you were there sort of saying, and, and you're, you can be pretty stone-hearted as well sometimes, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, You were there going, oh, I feel really bad for Peter. I, I did, really sympathise
2: with him. It's because I, unfortunately, can see this happening to me, and I'm very selfish and self-absorbed, so I'm watching it going, do not let this ever happen to you. This could be you. If you're not careful, because so I know I've got an addictive personality, and I do overcomplicate things, and mm. I get myself in trouble. And it, I tell you, your life would be so much better if I wasn't around and always get myself what? in trouble. What do you mean? How do I do a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know to talk to. <laughs> Cat? Well, that's why I find it really fascinating to watch because it's like, it is a really complicated relationship. And I feel bad. I feel bad for Pete. I, I really, it's sad because I see, I identify with him and I shouldn't because i am not I'm not like him at all. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not in danger. I'm not going to kill myself or... Uh, through drinking or anything but I can just like the those kind of self-destructive elements of of my personality um, that exist however mild they are compared to him I think yeah the guilt and the shame and the the endless cycle of trying and failing and feeling bad about yourself and and feeling worse and and having to start again from the beginning all the time and just being broken and kind of worn down by this continual effort that you have to make that seems to be more difficult for you than it is for anybody else and everyone else is just at a level that you can't get to and they're like they're there and there's no there's no effort involved and you're trying struggling to keep up and you're not even at the like the normal you know
1: is that how you you feel sometimes about your situation yeah. That's really sad. I feel so sad for you. <laughs>
2: Thank you. At
1: least you know you're not going to get into a situation where you're sitting at the dining room table and there's a little packet of French cheesy biscuits in front of you and we're there saying, Gemma, you've got to eat a biscuit. Just one. You've got to reduce your biscuit intake. But no, I'm going to sit here and watch you this. eat without that biscuit right now.
2: Somebody needs to do this with me for me for like Slim Fars or something. Or like cut my stomach out. <laughs> you know what they do? You can cut a bit out and go, Right, you can only have one packet of crisp a day. <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to eat any if you're trying to lose weight. You away. can have just a little crisp. Have you a can tiny have, crisp. You
1: can have the little crispy bits at the bottom of a packet just to stay off was... the withdrawal symptoms. You don't want to end up like like Pete was well, at the beginning of tonight's episode on the kitchen like floor. Do death, you? It?
2: it was kind of ironic watching <laughs> yeah. it was kind of ironic watching this because um one thing people always say because I'm talking obviously I'm talking about food addiction I I've just diagnosed myself with this obviously this is not medical at all I'm just being dramatic but um the one thing about like when you're struggling with your weight and everyone well surely everyone knows what I'm talking about you can't just stop eating drinking you can stop drinking and so when you're watching somebody who's an alcoholic you're like yeah you just stop just stop drinking you don't need to you don't need to drink. Whereas are you saying you're, because
1: you do need to eat at some point? You
2: always need to eat. Every day you are faced, you know, depending on how many times you, you're going to eat, up to three, mm. you, you, you're faced with choices and you have to make a choice and it's easy to make the wrong choice or eat too much and then once you've done that, that's it, you know, you think, oh, well, stuff it, I'll just eat what shall I like. I
1: have this slice of cake or but shall listen, I have the rest of the cake that's left after I'll I take the slice this out? I'll just leave this
2: slice for tomorrow so it can be good then. <laughs> but listen, what I'm saying is, you kind of think when you're in that situation well you know alcoholics at least they can just say just don't drink at all whereas i am always having to like eat a little bit and it's like it's like if you were if you were on drugs and like have a few drugs but not too many but peter was like in the situation where he's the it's the same thing you have to have a little bit and you have to control you have to control it you can't just go cold turkey mm. and i think that's a real, that's a really a sadly ironic kind of thing about if you become an alcoholic that the fact that you are then dependent you have to wean yourself off Mm. and if you're listening to this and you are worried about how much you drink and you think that you might need to cut back you know you have to taper it down you should probably talk to a doctor but if you're gonna you know if you're gonna reduce the amount you drink and you think you're chemically dependent on it you need to you need to to seek medical medical advice because it's serious
1: oh yeah yeah I'm sure you can go onto the ITV.com/slash/advice website as well.
2: Mm, how much whiskey am I allowed a day? Dot com. <laughs> well, apparently, I, I, I also really liked the fact that it it felt felt kind of um really really super unscientific. Even though they got told that you you have to have a little bit of alcohol. And then it's like, it's like the doctor's like, yes, it's scientifically proven that he must have a certain amount of alcohol every day and taper off. And then he opens a bar and says, what would you like? <laughs> We've got some Jack Daniels here. We've got a nice bit of Campari, if oh, you lovely. like that, with a bit of lemonade. Mm. Yeah, it just seems, it just seems really weird. I think Roy said something like, because um, it, it, he, he had whiskey, didn't he? Like a bottle yes. of whiskey. Surely it should be something he doesn't like to put him off, you know? Like brandy or like a sweet or a bit sherry or
1: the okay, okay
2: Yeah, he shouldn't be having whiskey. That's his favourite one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: That is give him just, some. more oh, so Moorish. Give Go him on, some Ken.
2: Bailey's. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Nobody likes Bailey's. Oh,
2: I'll have some Bailey's. Right, shall oh, we?
1: Thought, I was thought we were talking about the characters. Let's talk
2: about <laughs> what actually happened. So, on Monday, Steve hasn't come back. He's still walking the Pennines, whatever he is doing. I don't know. What's He's found going a pub. I hope or you're something okay, like Simon so Gregson. He's having a walk. He's doing a gump. Tracy's worried. Says to Is he going to you. come back
1: with a giant beard?
2: He's going to come He's back with like...
1: Say, I'm tired now. I think I'll go home.
2: I can imagine him saying that. Right. Tracy's worried, but Ken says, give him some time to grieve. Remember his kids died. Remember that story that we had?
1: Yeah. What's going on with Leanne? Still stuck in a flat.
2: seemingly. Peter's still drinking. I um, mean, Ken's... Thinks he's got he's going to do something about this. Yes,
1: he actually says he's going to do something, and and Deirdre you're smiling down from him above, going,
2: at last. I just ride,
1: Ken. Yeah. do something. Do
2: something. <laughs> um, that something is delivering posters to the to the Rovers like he's a wanted man. <laughs> so helpful. Wanted for crimes against whiskey. Do not give this man any alcohol. It literally says, do not serve this man, and a picture of his face. Um, you could have done but with if this. If you want some
1: pork scratchings, that's okay
2: you could have done with putting this up in Harrods at some at one point. You? <laughs> yeah, <for you>. <laughs> <laughs> She's got a credit card, but it doesn't mean she's got money. Stop giving her shoes. <laughs> Peter comes back home later. He looks a bit worse for wear. He doesn't want to talk. He sort of stumbles up the stairs and Ken talks to Adam later and he says, I feel, I feel a bit useless. Adam says... I'm giving
1: out my posters. I'm out of ideas.
2: <laughs> I've tried one thing and I'm all out of ideas. Um, Adam, Adam, you know, the, the continual... Advice everyone's trying to say to Ken is he's got to save himself. You can't rescue him. Solve a couple of word
1: problems, Ken. Just get like some letters and arrange them into different words on a grid, and that usually gives you the inspiration to do all manner of tasks around the house. Mostly decorating, isn't it?
2: Can't really do much with the. Oh, thank you for thank you for completing this word search. My my son is now no longer an alcoholic.
1: Earn three stars. Take out the booze from the alcohol cabinet. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Suggest that, why don't you? Um so yeah, he, Ken Ken feels hopeless really. So they decide they're gonna go on Peter watch and they're gonna trail him and wherever he goes, make sure that he doesn't have any alcohol and Tracy's like, No, you're crazy. Absolutely crazy And this is the other thing about alcohol, is that it's so it's just so accepted and it's so dangerous. Like even if you even if you were like a smoker, you couldn't like smoke yourself like literally. Well, they go right if you smoke another cigarette, you'll die. It's not how it works with you, you know. You can get really bad lung disorders and stuff, and you can be like, on death's door and smoking away. But it's not like it kills you the way that alcohol kills you.
1: I I don't know enough about it. To well, say.
2: maybe I'm being ignorant, but it's also the same with like if you get addicted to drugs. There's only a few places you can get our drugs. I know Roy sells them under the counter. <laughs> but you know what I mean. You can go anywhere. Get it anywhere. Yeah. You can get it delivered to your house now. Mm. How would you be able to stop somebody? Yeah. You couldn't. You can't. Peter goes out again. Adam gets his coat. Follows him. I think he loses him. Or does he? No, I, don't he don't, know. I
1: think he stays with him. We don't get to see any of it. Obviously. Well, Peter comes they home. Can't film off so no. of the set.
2: Well, I mean, tailing somebody—the ultimate social distancing. If they want to record them <laughs> skulking <laughs> okay, up and okay, down actually. the street. Um, he calls up the stairs. He's unhappy. He's been followed all evening. But I can't. I don't remember if he actually drinks or finds any alcohol. Or if he gets, oh, yeah, he annoyed. did. He,
1: he was. He was. So blasted. what the hell was
2: Adam doing then?
1: I think the idea is just to make sure that he doesn't do anything silly. He doesn't, you know, what, like drink, drink himself and pass out. Or if he, you know, yeah, if he passes out in a pool of his own sick and blood, Adam's there to you know, pick him up and take him home.
2: I don't really see the point unless you're going to stop them from
1: but I think this is the thing they're saying you can't it's literally it's, it's Peter's at a stage it's a, well, it's a self-destructive follow, stage it's impossible to him. stop him but at least we can do is keep an eye on him it's like when a baby starts to mm. walk you can't stop him walking but you can you can put a gate <laughs> on the top of the stairs you so they don't go tumbling to their you death you can say
2: for, for your own safety and the safety of others I think it's probably better if you never learn how to walk because then you'll never fall over
1: right legs out let's get the hacksaw
2: yep this is, for, this is the best way. This is this is for your own good.
1: Jack's fine on Coronation Street. I know we haven't seen him for a year. Don't forget. Don't don't think about. <laughs> He's that. playing
2: on his Xbox. <laughs> on Wednesday, Peter is huffing and puffing, writing a goodbye letter to Simon on the table. I I couldn't believe that he was writing this. It's kind of like a goodbye note, wasn't it, to, to Simon? He wasn't even doing it on good paper. He was just no, writing it, was a, it in a notebook. I know. I could imagine tearing effort, it out. It? Rubbish. Carla finds him It's in...
1: how they do it in the Navy. He's probably going to stick it in a bottle and throw it overboard. <laughs> Don't
2: think that's how they communicate with their family. Carla finds Peter drinking water in the Rovers and she sits down for a chat because she's still... still begging for forgiveness and blaming herself. For? Shagging Adam and making Peter sad and alcoholic. And she says she's tired... She wants to draw a line under everything. Have you forgiven me for sleeping with Adam? And he's like, I don't even care. I'm yeah, not going to promise to stop drinking. They, they
1: kind of make have made up at this point. He he doesn't. Yeah, you're right. He do, he's at a stage where it's just like whatever. Where where his? What well, and, and there? She doesn't recognize the signs. Does yeah? He?
2: She's he's kind of like I might as well forgive you because I'm gonna die. So yeah. Um. And he's like, it's all my fault, but I'm kind of. Relieved that we're on better terms, I guess. He
1: was pretty tearful over the Mm -hmm. end of that scene. He was good this week, our Chris, wasn't he? Did a good job for his birthday.
2: Yeah, now Roy comes in.
1: No, Roy's already there. Roy's there. I don't understand
2: what happens now.
1: This is the bit where he's like, Right, Carla, you. Did you hear what Peter was saying to you there um, when he forgave you? Hayley forgave me once. No. What was the story? It was something about him. Roy used to get OCD-ish about his knife block and the order the knives are in it. And Kate, uh, Haley was um, having a go at him about it. And then, the, um, just before the day before she killed herself, she said. Um, I feel really guilty. No. Oh, gosh, I do
2: She said, do you know what? You can put as many knives in whatever order you want because I won't be here to worry she about it. She says
1: she wishes she hadn't constantly gone on to him about the knife block thing because if I copped it and I hadn't said sorry about that, then I'd feel really guilty. So basically so you're Peter saying... Peter is saying... He's forgiving you. So Roy is saying. Roy is saying... Often
2: people what, want to tie up loose ends... Before they leave. Yes,
1: it was that, basically. <laughs> that took me about a minute to try and explain. And Carla's
2: like, well, is he going to Spain or something?
1: <laughs> Carla rushes out the door, because when she you decide you want to go her, to Spain, yeah. you're gone.
2: She gets her passport.
1: No, she thinks he's gone to um, to take his own life.
2: Um, she rushes to number one, because she, she kind of puts it together that it seems like he was saying goodbye. Um, and she's crying, as usual. He's like, oh, no, I'm fine uh, um. This isn't a suicide note at all. It's just a normal write- letter you might write to your son, telling he them calls, how much of a bad father you are. He
1: calls it a farewell letter, doesn't he?
2: Um.
1: She. She. Yeah. At first, he. She thinks it's all right. and Then she notices there's this note in the, in the and the vodka bottle on yeah. the table, and it's like, hmm.
2: Yeah. He says, um, look, it's a farewell letter, not a suicide note, and she says it's the same thing. You don't need to do it. You just need to stop drinking. And he's like, what's the point? What's the point? I've already, already um. It was too late. It's, you know.
1: I'm on a, no turning back now. I'm on a a one-way trip to that big old off-licence in the sky. I don't
2: think he said that. He
1: did not say that.
2: This reminds me of that horrible, I remember, I, I didn't, watch used to watch, I think it was Casualty. I didn't used to watch it very much, but I do remember watching an episode where somebody overdosed on, I want to say ibuprofen or it was a paracetamol. Can you
1: do that? I suppose you can. Of course, you can. <laughs> of course, you can. You idiot. That's why they only let you have one packet at a time. You're not
2: supposed to take. They're they're very very dangerous. Incred incredibly dangerous. Okay. You be sensible. They shouldn't make
1: them.
0: They they've got a nice no,
2: coating. No no like. no. But it's such a it's such a bad thing to overdose on that even if you go and take get medical help there's nothing they can do you you just die, and you sort of change your mind halfway through and it's, that's it. I, I have heard of this actually,
1: I don't know whether it's ibuprofen or not, but I've heard it's stories parties, like this. I remember watching and it's like an, an episode, literally I think it was that,
2: do. and, yeah, and they, were, they were sort of crying and saying about... Save me. Yeah, and it's hopeless and, and depressing. And there was also, um, I don't know if anyone's seen the documentary about the Golden Gate Bridge where in, in San Francisco, where it's quite a popular suicide spot, isn't it? Oh
1: gosh, this is turning totally interesting. Is it yeah, the people who regret it warning. halfway
2: we should have a trigger warning, but I'm not trying to depress people. What I'm saying is, people who survived that jump say, when once they started to jump, they realised that literally every problem that they had that led them to that point was solvable, except the problem they just created, which was that they were jumping off a bloody bridge and they were going to die. Mm. Like That's the problem you can't get over when you make that decision. Everything else is fixable. You, But, hey... Anyway, he's not depressed. He's. Well, is he depressed? I don't know. Is he, is, would you well, call this being suicidal? Alcohol, is they I don't know. It's
1: really
2: difficult well, yeah, to Peter's, talk
1: about. Peter is pretty suicidal at the moment. I don't think that's, you know, it's out there to say that. He has kind of given up. He's been flagrantly okay, just, drinking in, in, as an act of defiance almost to Carla and everybody who's telling him, no, don't drink, one more drink and you'll die. And we've I seen mean, him but there's go. There's kind
2: ah. of like this this kind of triumph of control over finally having control over his addiction is that he is allowed you know he's allowed himself to do it and he's kind of happy that he's in control of himself you know I don't want to I don't want to think that I I'm taking ownership over like the meaning of this story and what he's thinking um because of like I, I identify even slightly with him that's not at all what I'm trying to do I'm just trying to understand what he is thinking and as I am trying to work through it in my mind. I'm going to say stupid things. And people who are listening who've been through these situations will listen and think this is stupid or ignorant. This podcast but, is an
1: unedited stream of consciousness for the two of us. That's why it's so But you make so mistakes
2: long. when you're trying to put yourself in other people's shoes. And, and watching the soap is about putting yourself in someone's situation where you know that you wouldn't, you wouldn't necessarily be in that situation and thinking, how would you react? Yeah. And trying to make sense of people's emotions. And it, this is all over overblown and very melodramatic, this situation in general. But it is a very fascinating. And I, I'm surprised how much I'm still finding this fascinating, considering how often he's been to, to, to this point. You know, in the story, Peter, this is not an unfamiliar story for Carla or Peter. No. But you, are you kind of feeling like you're over it a bit more than I am? Because I feel like I'm,
1: I'm, I'm over it more than you are for oh. sure. But I am still, you know, curious about it. I'm, I'm not thinking completely. Oh no, not again, uh, Carla. We keep saying the, the Carla like... whining. I kind of am over, but the Peter yeah. side of it, I, I am still like. Yeah, I, I want to know what's going to happen here. And Chris is putting in such a fantastic a, a performance; it really, really does help. And and it is fascinating seeing this guy who is, despite being told that he's one drink away from death, is is just knocking him back and and trying to get you know get under the skin of somebody. What? Why would you do that? And is it because it's like to do with control and everything? It, it is. It is quite interesting. It really, really is. And having Ken involved as well is amazing. I. Every time they wheel out Ken for you know a proper story, I am just more and more in awe of him. Because really, if you look at some of the older golden oldies on the street, I'm talking Audrey, I'm talking Rita. I mean even people like Gail and everything, they don't often they're not they're not really given you know, the big meaty stories to play a serious role in, are they? Rita doesn't have that much to do anymore. Um Audrey is Audrey and Gail are still more on the comedy side um, to varying levels of success but, but yeah Ken, William Roach can still do a fantastic job with the, the hard dramatic stories he is such he is, I, I'm, yeah, I'm in awe of him, I really really am, I think he is amazing that's what yeah. I think anyway
2: yeah <laughs> um, where are we? <laughs>
1: yeah. Carla tears we up his end. note yeah, oh, no, she screws. No, she doesn't. She screws it up, doesn't she? She comes I and reads it again. Really,
2: later. could have done uh, without Carla this whole week. I'm really sorry, but I felt like I've
1: she just mighty she just upped
2: the ante, didn't she? And I don't think, honestly, I don't think the story needed her to do it. I think that really Peter and Ken could have carried their story without Carla's help at all. Uh, I just, I just felt like she added a, a soapy element that felt too too overdramatic because she get she i i found the way she inserted herself into this really frustrating because she um yeah she screws up the note she says it's a suicide note um he's crying he says he can't cope she tears the note up and leaves comes back with simon and says read the read the note to him then if you if you're if it's for him why don't you read it to him now while he's still here and then he refuses so she reads it out and it's a very personal letter that wasn't to her at all. It was to Simon, for a start. And it's saying, I, I, Dear Simon, I love you. I'm so sorry I was a bad parent. The fight was too hard and I've given up. Simon, as you might imagine, incredibly damaged already, is furious, reacts really badly to this, says, if you really love me, you would do any of this. Gets upset and... Um, He's mad at Peter,
1: he's not mad at Carla here, is he? No. He's mad at Peter for seemingly taking well being ready to take the coward's way out in. Carla's using
2: Simon to emotionally blackmail Peter and to stop stop drinking and it will not work. And all he's all she's done is traumatise Simon, Mm. in my opinion. Um, so she says, oh, well, I needed to do this to prove a letter wouldn't make him understand what you're going through. You, The only thing you need to do is stop drinking. He's like, what a great idea. No one suggested that <laughs> so far, genius. He's livid. And she says, he says, he says, you robbed me of my chance to explain things on my own terms. And she says, you're a coward. And I'm the only person who's brave enough to tell you the truth. That's rubbish. Everyone's been telling him this the whole time. Peter is not surrounded by sycophants and enablers, is he? No. He storms off. Ken finds Simon and he tells him everything. Carla shows up and I think Ken calls her cruel yeah. and then they go and look around for him because he god knows where he is or what what he's drinking. Um poor old Simon is not coping with this. He finds Ken finds Peter in Ray's hotel and he's given up again and family um Ken says let's have a family meeting. And let's let you stop, stop drinking now. And Peter says, "The only thing I've inherited from you is a decent head of hair, which is nothing to sniff at." Um, he's not interested in Ken guilt tripping him, but then Ken takes his drink and pours it away, and so Peter punches him on the nose, and Peter gets really ashamed of himself. And Ken says, "Look, I still love you." They go back home together, and Carla sees Peter come back, and he doesn't want anything to do with her you know, in the space of one episode they've made up and broken broken up again. Not they're not like get back together, but they they're now they're not talking to one another anymore. Ken tells Carla that um if her plan didn't you know basically he he drove she drove him off to the hotel again to get drunk. Mm. And he said if I hadn't found him he'd be dead and this is fifty years ago today that my wife died. So how insensitive are you? And Carla's like, how to be fair I don't listen to Conversation Street, so I don't know about this. <laughs> I haven't watched the DVDs. I,
1: I, I found... I mean, how... I wonder how much that particular anniversary played into the timing of this. Was, yeah, was it, it was a kind a of a lucky coincidence? coincidence and then maybe they changed it by, you know, a week or so just so that they could... Yeah.
2: It's good. I mean, it, it was kind of impactful, but it also, in a way, wasn't. I think it... You...
1: I, I, I think it was a nice reference, but that because it wasn't the first time they mentioned it when it was just peter saying oh on a, a day like today uh, i i yeah he did, he did and, it, and it was the second time it came up when, when Carla's talking to cared. carla when he says yeah this is the day when my wife died but uh, yeah, i yeah i would have i would have liked to have seen them pay tribute to val properly I would have liked even to- if it had just been Ken sitting there on his chair looking at that photo of Literally, them or something. What, the
2: photo of her with the, with the head in her own hand? No. Was on, for a
1: video. <laughs> it, it just felt like it was a bit of a throwaway. I and really And then I think for a 50, it a 50 year nice. anniversary, they, they, they could have done something. I, I, I don't really know. wish I don't that, know. that
2: he'd at least looked at a picture at the end of Val. Yeah. She was great. I loved Val.
1: I, I definitely grew to like Val. I didn't yeah. like. It. I thought she was very bland at first, but by the time she left, it's like she no, she's, was like she's a really decent, gu-
2: decent character. She,
1: she was, and you know, Anne Reed still, still living at Anne up, Reed isn't she? She could have
2: done a little. They could have had an Anne It's me from heaven. Don't come here. It's rubbish. <sighs> uh,
0: right on Friday, Today, we
2: have a very shocking opening. didn't It we? totally
1: was. Now, listeners, we haven't told you the story of our televisual woes this evening. Turn on the TV. Seven twenty-seven. The Virgin Media box doesn't want to switch on. Panic! Good we've job got to watch Coronation Street. It's an hour-long one. Because so we, if we don't get to uh, to watch this, we have to wait an hour until we can watch it on ITV player. And then we it, reset the, it, delay the podcast. For delay an hour. the podcast. Yeah. Gemma's in the just in the kitchen trying to rush making dinner, so it's ready in time for half past seven. Turn on the iPad. Get download the iPub, uh, ITV player app because it needed reinstalling. Just about be yeah, able to catch the beginning of the episode. Like you're in the kitchen, I'm holding the eye player to you, and we kind of missed, I think, the big impact that this this seizure had because neither of us were like particularly watching. Because usually, an episode of Coronation Street starts with a little like, slow establishing let's just shot, what somebody happened. in the caf, uh, cafe or something. And this literally started with Peter there seizing on the floor, foam coming out of his mouth. That was a that was a very convincing seizure. I have to say that was that was a good one. There was there was um. There was no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, not, I'm saying there's no humour in that, but then why wouldn't there be? Why do you be?
2: always say but this?
1: No, that it was. There was.
2: There was no humour in it. It was really dramatic.
1: Sometimes, when actors, some actors, try to do something serious and dramatic, you can go, <laughs> they're acting. <laughs> but with this. <laughs> like, you're terrible. With this, it's like, blimey terrible and, he, and and the it, the camera was right above him and you could see like the smashed crockery around him on the kitchen floor it was it was proper good and then ken comes into yeah, the lounge and finds like, him. peter yeah shall i run over to you no i'd better not find <laughs> <laughs> the hospital instead are you all right in there peter sorry i can't come near you
2: so carla can't sleep. play a
1: word game Earn three stars clean up the husband. <laughs> clean up my son <laughs>
2: <laughs> Carla can't sleep and she is filled with regret for what she did the other day I know I'm criticising her I can imagine that she's at this point just desperate to try anything and she knows that she that wasn't really the best move now <laughs> it's always easy to work that out afterwards Roy tries to get to see reason and says um, maybe it was what. maybe you might have reached him I don't know. I don't know why nobody seems to care about Blimmin Simon in this. Well,
1: Simon just kind of mysteriously disappears from this story halfway through Wednesday's episode because he has that scene where he's there up against the rainy window, which yeah. I thought was quite a quite a of rain. Um, <laughs> and and I feel a bit sorry for Simon really, and he's yes, like saying, "Oh, I, I, I hate me, sorry. Dad." I and, and I that feel was
2: so it. sorry for Simon. Like we spend all of like we. But sp- how old is he?
1: now uh, he is 17
2: so i don't know, i can't remember how old he was when he came in it like five or something something like we that. spent like 12 years watching this kid get abused and treated crap like crap going through dramatic traumatic times terrible life with Leanne. times people dying fires abuse he's had the most
1: useless and, father
2: and and still we're like why is Simon so angry all the
1: time? <laughs> I know, I know.
2: Poor kid. his brother's safe. just died a yes. few
1: months ago. And
2: his brother's died and his dad is killing himself. And his
1: mum has turned into a hermit.
2: Yeah, yes. And he's having to cook a cheesy pasta. Yeah. It's he's, not fair. He's going through a
1: rough time, his old Si. Poor Give old him a Simon. bit of slack.
2: Still inherently unlikable. <laughs> <laughs> but but suffering nonetheless. Um Peter, De- Daniel and Ken are all in the hospital. Tell
1: you what, I think the reason maybe why we like this with Simon is when David went through all this trauma it molded him into the fantastic character which he is now.
2: And he also went on he, like a commercial axe rampage yeah. which, which is good yeah. fun. He channeled his
1: trauma into becoming, you know, a demon entertaining child and yeah, terrible teenager extraordinaire whereas Simon's just a bit sulky. irritating and <laughs> sulky, yeah.
2: Oh, it's not fair. Um so the doctors are saying you know we said he shouldn't drink Wow, well, flip it he should drink a bit
1: yeah write that up on Just the prescription
2: they do they have to keep it in hospital alcohol this is why it, it, i find i found it quite annoying in a way when um we had lockdown lots of different countries or uh, at almost every single country were like, right, lockdown, essential shops only, supermarkets and off-licences. And everyone was going, oh, why are they allowed off-licences? It's not fair, it's silly. People die if they don't drink alcohol. There are a lot more alcoholics than you might think. And it is essential for them. They would... But you can get
1: alcohol in the supermarkets.
2: You can, but everyone's near a supermarket or has transport to get to a supermarket. Like if you lived... Well, say you lived here, for example in this house that you live in and you didn't have a car I do you'd have to walk up to the off-license oh, there's lots of places
1: oh. anyway I'm not getting into that
2: I'm telling you well in some places you can't you, you have to go to an off-license yeah fine I'm saying yeah, yeah no that's fine. Yeah, fine that's fine people forget that we honestly we should just ban it <laughs> Look how well that went the first time.
1: we oh, yeah, but prohibition, that's what we need. <laughs> that's what we it.
2: need. <laughs> just to add pandemic and prohibition all in one. Let's see, let's just sort the wheat from the chaff here, shall we? So.
1: I'd be fine. <laughs> I'd feel so smug.
2: <laughs> you would. We have to do our, we have to fill out our health forms, didn't we? And it's like, um, how oh, yeah. many units of alcohol do you drink? Look, the first time we ever filled out our, first time we ever got a mortgage, we had to fill out our health insurance thing the lady who did our inform would not believe that michael didn't drink do you remember no, that? No. she's like oh so i'll just put down like so i put down four units a week and we're like no he doesn't drink she's like i'll put down two it's like don't think you're listening <laughs> to what is being said
1: yeah yeah we, we had to redo our life insurance this week and oh and we've got wills now haven't we? That's very exciting life development. We feel like we're probably grown-ups now. We've got will forms filled out. It's very depressing. We had to decide who we were going to bequeath our, our fortunes to and um, who'd be our executors and everything. Yeah, and I told stuff. my mum
2: and she got really upset. Did she? <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm not going to die. Just if you, you get... You, but you get stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we had to say whether we had any... um. Any requests for songs or poems or anything at our funeral? No, I'm too not now, not now. We'll do that later.
2: I'm, but I'm too fickle to think to set something, something in stone.
1: Yes, but it's.
2: I want to see Shandy. Anyway, so.
1: Do you want a burial at sea? Oh,
2: yes. <laughs> Already fired into the sun. No, I want a very respectful service. Thank you very much. <sighs> okay. I want to be
1: buried in the Coronation Street graveyard.
2: Yeah, I think we can arrange that. I don't know how much that costs. Right, so let's get on with the actual story that we're supposed to be talking about. Sorry, yes. A sudden withdrawal could kill Peter, so he has to drink a little bit. Then Carla comes across Lucas, who is an old factory friend from down in Devon, but he's Irish.
1: Yeah, I I kind of I I, I missed the what the actual relationship between them two was, but. Yeah, they, they knew each other it, when she went down when, to Devon. Yeah, which when I
2: she escaped of, I, off to Devon to open that gone tea to room. Devon. And they reminisce and she gets on really well. And um, they, uh, they, they basically lovely, get
1: on okay. They have nice chat and, um, and, and remember good old times, basically.
2: Roy, um, Roy is given a, the chalice of whiskey he has to keep in his house because they're scared of leaving it in 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 number one so they kind of like measure out how much he's allowed i wonder how they do this i wonder if they just go right how much you drink now and then they just reduce it or if there's like some kind of chart with you know the the weight and the age and the how much you drink and you know
0: it's very scientific
2: i don't know if it is not a lot of medical stuff is you'd be (laughs) surprised um so she, Carla rushes around. He, Peter doesn't want, want to see her there. She says, oh, let me help you. He says, leave. Nina says to Roy that Carla was wearing a date outfit and she doesn't let the grass grow. She goes to lunch with uh, Lucas. Roy brings Peter a quiche and says that hot quiche is better than cold quiche and I completely disagree. At my do- funeral, I would only like cold <laughs> quiche to be said.
1: It's too late. We sent the forms off. We said we had no No, requests. I told
2: you I was going No, I said I was going to make... I read it on the internet. It said, you may wish to have a page of your wishes in, in addition. You don't need to put it in your actual will. Oh, OK. That's fine. That's fine. So, cold quiche, please. Um, he says, I'm not, I'm not leaving. And he sits and has, has, tries to lecture him. And Peter says, I'm not really interested in hearing from you at the moment. And Roy says... I think your birds off with another guy. Um and Peter's like what? And Roy says you have got to admit to yourself that you need your her support even if you don't like the idea. Of, I like, thought I then. thought
1: Roy was just brilliant in that scene. That when he was like Peter was like saying that uh, thank you very much off you go then Roy and you know Roy is not the best at picking up on subtle social cues <laughs> at the no. best of times he yeah. knows it this point I've come here because I've got something to say so I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna going to forget that I say and it. I'm going to sit that down on this sofa here and I'm going to say my thing he, he was brilliant and you don't get much of Roy and Peter having scenes together do you no. sometimes you have two characters and it's like have you, have you ever been in a scene together yeah, but I, no, I thought was that really was interesting. just just great that was I really didn't appreciate that
2: so Carla and, Carla and Lucas are talking about old times and she puts her foot right in it by talking about his annoying girlfriend who turns out to be dead of a drug overdose and it's um, a fairly obvious sort of similarity between her and her and Peter and Lucas and her his girlfriend because they both were addicts and um, they make quite a few parallels and Carla sort of realising things as she's listening and Lucas is saying stuff I think he's saying things like there's nothing I could have done, or I can't remember. But he's he's kind of he basically talking says, about his. History. I'm a
1: new character, so yeah. I thought I'd better have a tragic or mysterious dark past, just so no. I can fit in with the rest of you around here. Is this okay, dead no. girlfriend? Robert had one of those, didn't he? But he's not in it anymore, so I'm just gonna step into his shoes here.
2: Well, he's basically like, hello, I'm I'm symbolising what you could have. Look at me, I'm so
1: charming. It's me, Lucas from Devon.
2: <laughs> he's he's come he, with
1: me to a hotel and look at the views.
2: up! He's the in self indulgent. Come and treat yourself. Have a nice roll in the hay. Have somebody who cares about you. Just for five minutes. Just come and have a shag. Why don't you? Kind of mirage. And um, she's forgotten, seemingly, that this is what got in trouble he did in send the first nice place. text
1: messages as well.
2: Like, oh, you had nice boobs today.
1: <laughs>
2: Wink. Oh, they're a smasher. No. So, meanwhile, they, well, they leave each other um, and, say, and sort of say, oh, it would be great to meet up another time. Then we get Peter and Ken. And this is really... Um, this was really... <sighs> Another bit where i really felt bad for Peter because he's sitting at the table. He's got his little measure of whiskey. Everyone's watching him like, oh, the addict has to have his medicine and he's feeling embarrassed and humiliated and he doesn't want to drink this in front of everybody because, again, he's, out, he's not in control anymore. This is, this is one of the things, this is what is kind of driving some of his addi- addiction at the moment is control. And now he's lost control again and he's being forced to drink it. So maybe you should have just been contrary to him all along. Just been like, oh, you like you like alcohol, do you? Peter? I'm gonna make you a mojito. How'd you like that?
1: This scene, um, this scene was an odd one because it had some uh, unusual sound effects, didn't it? it yeah, was...
2: you said to me, is that is that on the? TV? That, yeah, <laughs> it was. It, it, what was
1: it? It was just, it sounded like it felt like I was, it. It was watching a...
2: Silent Hill, and they were about to like go into the other.
1: It was. It was world, some kind of other yeah otherworldly, weird dizzy. Kind he, of like, mm, meh,
2: yeah. And then, so he's having a bit of a that, turn, that, and it wasn't apparent to me whether it was Ken or Peter that was feeling this, because Ken Ken was having a bit of he a was funny turn a he was a he was And a he said, oh, I, I think I've forgotten my uh, my blood pressure, and Peter blood, drinks his whiskey. It. Yeah, and, and then, uh, then, that's it
1: stops. The, then that's when that's when the yeah. sound starts, So I don't know
2: so. if it's Ken going, thank God for that, or Peter saying, Ooh, "Whiskey." I think
1: that was Peter.
2: Right. Later oh, I don't on, know what's
1: going on with Ken there.
2: Yeah, Ken's like, don't forget about this, everybody. This will come up later. <laughs> um, this will be on the test. Uh, Lucas calls around to see Carla in the cafe and says, I have booked a hotel. And he winks, winks, winks. He doesn't quite, but he might as well then. Um, It'd be really nice if I had some company. <laughs> <laughs> um, Roy talks to Carla and tries to get her not to give up on Peter. And she says we're no good for each other. Or is she talking about Lucas and saying we are good for each other? She's basically saying, I don't I've know. got this nice bloke and a nice normal life and a nice normal relationship and a nice weekend I could have. Or I could go hang out with Peter and be depressed and feel so bad and watch him die. Look, Carla, so what I would say, I, what do you think I should do? If
1: if there's a shot at you going back to the old Carla and it, all it takes is going off with Lucas, then I say, full a, steam have ahead. Have a, have a good Have a
2: crack. Pack your best undies and get in there, girl.
1: Go and kiss that blarney stone.
2: (laughs) Oh, dear. So, Peter sees Carla trying to leave and he stops her and he says, I can't do this without you. Please support me. Sounds like he's going to run the marathon. (laughs) Just need a pound a a mile. Um, Pete, Carla, goes to meet Lucas at the tram stop with a bag and she says, I can't go. Um, I... Someone needs me. And then it looks like he manages to persuade her, but then she she turns up.
1: Fake out.
2: Because um, Daniel's like... I know. Peter's moping about. Yeah, he's out in the back at
1: the number one. Isn't he? I, in the it's garden all my reason.
2: fault. I, n- I never forgot. I never forgave Carla. Now it's too late. And then she says, not too late. Hooray, it's me.
1: Yeah, that, and she that's quite work. a nice ending. And I, it's very cheesy. I
2: guess... I guess Carla's role here, because I was complaining and saying she's superfluous, but really, it her role was to tell to make a story arc out of this. this she's his little his little anchor, that, his
1: little lighthouse, isn't she?
2: Your little anchor.
1: <laughs> it was sweet. I, it pe- sweet. When she came just... back, it almost felt like it. Um, it was over too soon. I, I would just have want... kind some nice romantic stuff rather than just saying "panam," it's me, Carla, end.
2: I just want them to to draw a line under this and and move on. But I, they never will. Like it feels as though ever since it was revealed that Carla slept with Adam, it's been, oh, I forgive you, no, I don't hear some whiskey. Oh, I forgive you, no, I don't hear some whiskey. It's all your fault. No, it's my fault. I'm sorry, no, you're sorry, no, it's some whiskey. You know?
1: Yeah, so although this made for a satisfying ending to feel a turbulent as though week on Monday like, we... he
2: could say I don't forgive you anymore. I've just remembered.
1: Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. They, they need I don't, to... There's nothing
2: particularly about this this moment that, to me, as a viewer, says reset. You know,
0: no, and I'm... that's why
2: I really want it out of this. I, I mean, I, I'm I'm not a massive Carla and Peter fan. I don't. I'm not like against them as a couple, but. I I don't ha- I'm not invested.
1: I, th- I mean I I think that they're great as a couple if they haven't got all this stupid drama. I think that Ali and Chris have got great chemistry together on screen. They've been through the ringer together, um, and and when they are, you know, when they haven't got their issues, they they make a great power couple. Actually, mm, I think. I, don't think so. I I but um I, they they feel like they fit together to me, but they don't seem to be able to just let them. Happily Be. get on. No, they
2: can't. Any any couple that they think are popular, they will wreck.
1: Yeah, let's let's test see how strong their relationship is. And when it happens for so long, you think, well, was well, there and so often, was what, their relationship ever strong? Yeah. What what does a strong relationship mean anymore? Because everybody has their relationship tested on this show. It seems. Um. Anyway, so. Pretty good stuff, this. week. I mean, we've been discussing this as we go. Is there? Did we get anything that we? Don't think that so. we haven't said already. No, but I, mean, I
2: do. I do want to say that this. This obviously. This story. I hear? What? Come I on. was just
1: going to say about Carla reading out that letter and whether you thought that um, whether she was right or or wrong I to do she this,
2: was
1: wrong. because, because of um,
2: because of the doing impact on Simon, Simon, I think that was really out of order. Simon's uh, still a. Young boy,
1: almost an adult, but still as yeah, he's, traumatized uh, enough. He's seventeen years
2: old. He's not. He's a baby. I,
1: I can, I can almost see that. Uh, Carla is so so desperate yeah. that she would resort to methods that I think that she knows isn't right because she thinks there's literally there's nothing else I can do and I will take a shot at anything here. I understand. And as was she was doing driven. it, I was like going, "Yeah, I think I think maybe you should do this, no. Carla." It was only afterwards when I but I thought about it, it as like, no, actually that's a bit out of order. But when you when you feel desperate, you you don't necessarily I, think through that.
0: You, I
2: can understand her instinct and and if she thi- if she's thinking to herself this is this is life or death i need to I need peter to to know if if I can reach him with this, it will prevent him from from dying. Of course, if you thought that then you would, but she's all she's doing is sacrificing Simon's mental health, yeah, and we talk about mental health and we're you know as a society trying to destigmatize it and talk about.
1: Here's a fact, Gemma. Next week oh, is yes. Children's Mental Health Awareness Week.
2: Oh, well, maybe Carla Probably. should have thought about that, shouldn't she? <laughs> but you see what I'm saying?
1: Yeah.
2: That was going to mess Simon up for the rest of his life if he wasn't already hopelessly <laughs> Maybe. Up, maybe that's
1: what she thought. It's like, you can't get so any worse. Yeah.
2: But, you know. Yeah. It was for the drama.
1: It, it was. Uh, and I think maybe... It, it did just seem odd that Simon was, you know... Plucked out of Honestly, the story later Simon's, in the week.
2: Simon's been let down by gonna... Peter so many times, I'm surprised. It's, this is going to mess He's also him up.
1: given up on Peter so many yeah. times, hasn't he? He said, Oh, I hate you, Dad. I don't think. I,
2: I think if you come from a stable family, you might not realise how. Well, you can probably. You must be able to rationalise in your mind how. Terrifying it must be to be a child whose parents can't be trusted. Oh gosh, yeah,
1: yeah, definitely.
2: Like we both come from really stable families, but I've had in my family seen children who've had to grow up with their parents just a mess and what it's done to them, it's ruined their lives. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, when I, you know, I've been You've a teacher seen, for, yeah. <laughs> for 15 years, so I've I've seen and heard my fair share of things. But you can well. see it
2: happening. That's the tragedy. This. But you can see it happening to these children. Mm. And I'm sitting here and saying how bad I feel for Peter. You know, is Simon the true victim? Because he has no control over this. He's, he's completely at the mercy of the adults in his life and they're all failing him. Mm.
1: I wonder whether whether Simon will end up getting some kind of addiction to something or whether he is going to be in some way... Permanently scarred because it feels like sometimes every time that he gets you know knocked back by Peter, he kind of comes back and he's still never he's not like you know young innocent lovely happy go lucky young Simon like he used to be. But he he, he goes through stages where he's kind of nice and normal. I wonder whether that could be some kind of permanent scarring that that Peter inflicts on his son and has to live with and see for the rest of his life and think I did that to my mm. my boy. And I don't know what that can be, whether it is a physical scar, whether yeah, it's some kind of addiction, or, or something, mm. could be quite interesting because it's it's about time that, maybe Simon had a a proper old story of his own, and and I mean Alex Bain's obviously an adult now, so they can they can use him, in, 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 as much as they choose to, and and Simon himself is going to be eighteen, so over the next few years we're going to start seeing you know adult Simon he he's going to be able to go and get his first legal drink in 6 months time and i think that's that could be quite a you know a key scene maybe in his life and whether he will or you know what one to watch maybe maybe
2: well like, like we mentioned earlier when we were talking about david and we said you know what what, what impact his upbringing had on him and you know to be fair to gail she was always tried her best to be a good parent. I think she in general was. Yeah. But you can't say the same for Peter.
1: No, definitely not. Leanne's tried her best though, hasn't she?
2: she's, Yeah, she's given up on life in general at the moment, yeah. hasn't she? Yeah. So.
1: Oh, can I... I'll go on, what? No. I do want to move on. I want to talk about the punch. We kind of skipped over that earlier.
2: Stunt what? What did
1: you think of that? Did you, did, you, did you know that it was going to happen? No. Sadly, sadly, on Wednesday we were about five minutes or so behind with watching it and I can't remember why uh, but I, I was having to be scrolling through Twitter and I saw people saying oh my gosh Peter just punched Ken and I wish I hadn't because I even looked at the synopsis um, after we'd watched it and it didn't mention that like Peter loses it with Ken or something uh, I, I wish I had been shocked by that tell because it was a good one it was a, it was a nice you know socially distanced stuntman punch but like what it, a blow yeah, and yeah, Ken's, you know, been on the receiving end and the dealing end of a good number of punches over the year. And to have this, you know, 81-year-old guy, William Roach is even older than that, you know, still involved in big fight scenes like this. It's like, oh, you don't do that to Ken. It's just, it's not cricket, Peter.
2: No.
1: you Great stuff.
2: You've gone, you've run amok.
1: Too far. Um, <laughs> okay, Lucas, just before we move on, what did you reckon? Will we ever we... see
2: him again? I kind of would
1: like to. But I wonder whether he won't because I was I watching really him date. and I was thinking,
2: I quite like you Lucas, yeah, you charming unfortunately for me. him he, <laughs> this is his accent, yeah. unfortunately for him he's in- inserted himself in a story where he's very not welcome, both from people who are super into the relationship of Carla and Peter and everyone else who just wants them to bloody get on with it. Because yeah, his... it, all it is is another complication in that relationship that we don't need in the middle of another really massive dramatic storyline that's like, you don't need to embellish this further. It's it's enough. Yeah, itself. I
1: mean, his, his role literally was, Carla, you you can take yourself away from yes. this and come over and have this perfect life with me, charming oh, just old just not even
2: a perfect Lucas. life, just a weekend away from worrying yeah, about. Dirt, your... Come
1: and have a dirty weekend, yeah. they, Carla. But he 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 was written to be lovely, and and I think I don't know if he if he stays as a as a permanent character, whether he will stay like that, because I could imagine him like maybe coming back and trying to lure Carla away from Peter again, and they're just trying to get things back on track and everything, and. And Lucas, you know, tries to insert himself and say, "Oh, he's not good for you, Carla."
2: You don't need to keep doing the accent. I can't
1: help it. I, um, I I'd like him to stay. And actually, no, that, that
2: for what reason? I
1: don't know.
2: He'd just be there in the background, it's, and I honestly, I was so mad at Carla when I, she had her bags with her and she was going off to the to the tram stop, and she's like, oh, "Okay," <laughs> it's like, no no why this is what you did in the first place what is wrong with you are you on some medication that makes you super randy or something you need to change your pills love
1: he did just say (laughs) we don't need to you know you can just come and look at the views with me oh
2: yeah the view of what <laughs> the heavy sack
1: oh gross i was gonna say the bedroom ceiling <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, no,
1: just I, I could i could see her being tempted by just yeah. way a, a, a few days away
2: if i for was, the Pete, if I was carla you could have lured me away with a bargain bucket to be honest mm. no you never mind and nice i, I hotel just think that a this mini guy
1: seemed to came across to me as being yeah, one of well, those actors where i go Oh, I, 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 this is an interesting side character. I I, I will keep. He him. may well
2: come back, but I don't need him in this story. Yeah, go so. and shag Maria or something. We
1: also got a got a a press release for our email a couple of weeks ago saying this actor was going to be in Corrie as one of Carla's old friends. It's like we we never get anything like that. We get once a week. We get the uh, press release yeah. from from Coronation yeah. Street saying here's some synopses for and episodes also- in two weeks time. Don't look at them. They're spoilers. <laughs> But we've somehow, recently, they send, somebody sent us this.
2: We also recently have started getting emails from podcasting businesses going, join oh, our yeah. join our collective of podcasts, or like here's here's an idea for your for how to make your customers something something. Or we have it. It's only been yeah, Weird,
1: only last isn't it? year like, Every autumn sort of, we've we've got little ones like this because we're getting in no. the charts. independent. That's what we are. No, no ads. Too much. No spoilers. No ads. Hard work. no ads. Right. Ray's story. So this was getting. I quite, just want to
2: say. Well um i I already said this but that is a very obviously a very sensitive topic i'm gonna make sure that we put a trigger warning in before we start talking about this to so that you guys will have already heard that hopefully about the things that we've spoken about but i don't want anyone to think that i'm taking it lightly and i'm sorry if my attempts to understand it are slightly clumsy To people who are going through this, and my heart goes out to you if this is something that is a very personal experience to you, and I don't want to disrespect your experience, but trying to talk about it is very difficult, um, and uh, I'm not always going to get it right, so...
1: Can you can you do one of those apologies for me as well? Because you always seem so genuine and lovely when you say that. And I I'm well, I am. It, I don't so I, I.
2: want anyone to Gerard's listen to this. the both of us. And and think that there's any malicious intent behind it. But obviously, ignorance can be harmful. So if anything I said is wrong, I t- just let me know. But you know, hopefully, we can talk about things that are slightly less dark and a bit more campy now. Because that's why we really like <laughs> Corey. We like it for the silliness and the, the overblown soapy stuff, which Michael's Ooh. going to tell you
1: about now. Last last week's curry was great, wasn't it? And it was all because of this Debbie and Ray story, which we were left on a bit of a cliffhanger last week with Abby going into, um, into hospital. Um, Debbie, you know, has she done away with Ray? Nobody knows where Ray is. Last time we saw, he was cornering... Her in the uh, kitchen in the bistro, what's going on? Wow, well, we He's
2: going make me, make me a sandwich and ramp. Make me a sandwich. And so she killed him, which is you're right Every as a Monday's woman. Episode. If a man asks you so to make him a sandwich.
1: During yeah. Monday's episode the word starts spreading about Ray and his disappearance. And Debbie is swearing she's innocent and in all this. <laughs> well, in, in everything. Not just Ray's disappearance, but
2: She's like um, God damn it, i but I'm, the whole I'm thing innocent. about the,
1: the bribery with the with the councilwoman and everything. Uh, and also I didn't know anything about raping you know a bit too rapey i thought he was just a bit of a charmer (laughs)
2: that's definitely a massive difference i know he's got his way
1: with the ladies but but... i tell you
2: what as like i keep saying as a society but you know in our culture we have really struggled to draw a distinction between massive rapist and a bit charming with the ladies yeah we really. and and i think now yeah we're working on it
1: so she doesn't want Ray to have anything more to do with this building project either. And by the way, she says, I don't know where he is. So Abby comes home from hospital. She didn't stay there for very long. She... Yeah, because
2: she was drugged by Ray last week and collapsed on the floor of the bistro.
1: Yeah, she wants And to... she
2: has no memory, does she?
1: Not, no, not, not quite. She wants to keep on pushing things and making sure that Ray gets brought to justice. It's not over till it's over, she says. Um, also, the question is posed, who rang the ambulance? That came and rescued me hmm, who could it be um we find out from roy that this chairperson that ray uh, bribed has been arrested the council is having an emergency meeting to to find out what's going to go on with this planning permission and it will likely be refused so hooray that's lovely um this is when abby starts to have a um a bit of a flashback she goes into the bistro doesn't she and she finds this broken glass that ray fell onto the other day and then she has a wibbly wobbly flashback and was like hang on a minute Debbie, me old matey there, you were there on Friday night, or yesterday, or the other night, or however she referred to it. Um, What's going on? You were there, and Debbie's like, no, I wasn't, that wasn't me. I wasn't there, what are you talking about? And Okay, fine, it was me. You got me. Um, She she says, um, what was the excuse she said? She said, "I, I can't, didn't she say something like, she went in there, she found Abby, and, she said, oh, she did it to herself.
2: Yeah, she basically... So I phoned an
1: ambulance and then did follows, one.
2: She's She's one of the few Coronation Street um, characters that follows the golden advice of, of lying is to make yourself look like a terrible person and nobody will think you're lying. She basically makes out that she's completely hard-hearted and, like... So- it's socially unacceptable like druggies being it on themselves diatribe mm. she does also have a little of bit it.
1: of a um, a meltdown moment doesn't she where she where she goes off on one about how much she hates Coronation Street because she was a character in it for about six months back in 1984 or whenever it was um, and, and Bill and Kevin used to make me skibby around and do all the washing up so now I, I want really... to raise the street to the ground you... <laughs> I think that was a bit of a weak reason
2: shut up Michael why? Well, no. I thought this was a really interesting uh, social commentary about how things used to be. She was in it. Was it in the seventies? The eighties. So she, her, their mum died. Yes. And she was saying, "My mum died, and suddenly I'm the woman of the house. I'm the one who has to do the cooking and the cleaning and the skivvying and everything. And I had to cook, you know, sandwich And round I, for I was Gail basically and Alma. the, I was basically the, the domestic help, and." women girls like in those days would have been expected well, to do that know.
1: yeah no, i know I, I think know. she had
2: right to say but, oh, I, think you, but I think you also correct us as to say there's no evidence of this in the show
1: no i don't I think, remember uh, that really coming going up from that to i i want to see this place demolished race to the
2: ground <laughs> it didn't really make any sense
1: i i mean it made sense to me when she was saying look progress yada yada
2: i think what, business, what money
1: and everything but...
2: would have made a bit more sense if she had said something like Um, When I was a child and my mother died, all of the domestic responsibilities for the upkeep of the house and everything fell on my shoulders. And therefore, to ensure this never happens again, I've decided to start a scholarship to help young girls whose mothers have died. But that's too difficult. So I'm just going to blur (laughs) up this side of the street and build a hotel. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: She she said... um... Oh yeah, this is when Abby spot, spots this suspicious looking jiffy bag in the, on the, one of the tables in the cafe and Debbie um, admits after a little bit of persuasion that it's full of Ray's money, it's everything that she's owed from him. Abby wants to phone the police to dob her in but Debbie says, there's a little bit more to this story actually and Abby's starting to suspect at this point that something has happened to Ray and says, what are you done? bashed him over the head with a bottle of Dom Perignon? And Debbie's like... No, it wasn't no. a bottle. Yeah, that. And was at this great. point, I was like, ooh, "Ooh, ooh, she has. She's actually done him in. What's well, Go on, you go on, girl. That's that sound great. But then, as she starts, Debbie to is the it,
2: most enigmatic character that's ever that's not ever been. But for for a good <laughs> no while, you you can't get a handle on what she's up to. She always surprises you. She
1: does. But then, I I think that they blew it a little bit with. Um, with her explanation about what happened, because to me, as she was trying to explain what happened, I, it felt too far fetched and too much like this would have made a really exciting scene. And if that had happened, and if she wasn't lying, they probably would have tried to show it. Maybe not going to a river because I don't believe that they've got one of those in Media City. They've but got
2: a canal.
1: They. Oh, fine, yeah, they, they're kidding They're so a shipping canal. What she said happened was that she was, trying to, she was trying to ring the ambulance. Ray follows her out of the back door. Before she knows it, her arms, his arm is round her throat. She scratches his face, then gets bundled into his car boot. He drives about a quarter of an hour or so over to a river. Um, she's in the boot thinking, blimey, as soon as he opens this door, my number's up, I'm going to be you know, down at the bottom of that river. So I'm going to whack him and kill him and by the time we got to this i was like oh she's lying and so when the reveal came later that he was actually there in the the, the grotty bed seat, or, or wherever it was i was like "Ah, oh, i wish that i'd been more surprised at that i i think that they made her story too far-fetched and like i said if debbie had actually done that they would have shown some of it
2: I was just listening to her recount this going this is one of the most people aren't going to appreciate that this is like one of the most difficult performances of the week because she's trying to tell the story of something that everyone would really much rather have seen happen than listen to her talking about it and has to make it sound interesting and exciting yeah she had to do a lot of heavy lifting in that scene she
1: did she did but did did you believe her when she was saying it
2: no because I was like I don't think that Ray's dead because I think Debbie's going to be in the show for longer than this, and she—I don't think that's they would the other get thing. Rid of her Because yeah, she's a good character. The fact that that we she's we've too been, good to waste on a murder. Yeah, the
1: fact that we've been seeing her redemption and her turning away from the dark side and everything is like, oh, are they going to make her a murder? No. So yeah, they 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 that one with with was a bit of a whiff. Unfortunately. And and it's not too long before we see Debbie go into this this bed sitting now yeah, what do you know raised there. Um and it looks like his plan is to flee the country. He's gonna go and live in Turkey, was it, which I think is that where Debbie had a a business or something before? Um so, I think
2: she said something about Turkey. So
1: um he's he's going to get a fake passport, get a one-way plane ticket over there. Um, and he's going to have a little bit of spending money, but basically, Debbie's um, side of the bargain is that she gets all of his businesses off of him.
2: And at this point... And she's got
1: miles round with the, the solicitor <laughs> to, to draw up all the paperwork, basically.
2: If it wasn't already painfully obvious to everybody, it, it's, it's inescapable now that Coronation Street has filed coronavirus pandemic in the same... Too boring and complicated to bother with any of the details of, of like moving countries to go in uh, to, to live and escape y- your uh, daughter's attacker, or like, what's it like to be a teacher? Or yeah, they've
1: just got a little how bit does of many They're like, out,
2: this is they? too, this is too hard. It, it trashes too many stories. Just get it happen.
1: Yeah, and and uh, I don't mind. I, I don't still care. don't mind. No, I
2: don't. I just think. Um, it is frustrating because it's one of those things that is in the back of your head sometimes when you're watching this, you're like No. <laughs> it, but it's just something you have to accept because everything in a software is. The fact that they're referencing it, the it. fact
1: that they've got masks some of the time, um to, they live to, in a to me is universe. honestly good enough where they, yeah, they, live, they do live they in do, a parallel universe where something like the Covid no. pandemic has happened but it's not quite the same
2: they live in a parallel universe where Boris Johnson is not Prime Minister
1: he's <laughs> actually competent in charge. yeah and he's, yeah, doing a better job um, Ray is fuming that Miles knows what happens but Debbie's got him over a barrel and, and Miles is saying oh you could be looking in for in a pretty long prison stretch if this all hits the fan, and if we find out about you trying to rape Ray and you bribe and uh, it's already come out that you bribed the, the counsellor so yeah well, what you, you haven't got much choice here have you? <laughs> so I, I loved how uh, Miles just completely turned on him.
2: I also like the fact that normally on this on the show on, on Cory, they'll be like the person like Miles will be really boring and not have anything to say or they'll say something like I can't be involved in this and leave or they'll say I can't advise you to do that but he's like no I'm actually an evil and corrupt accountant slash lawyer I don't know what I am but I'm actually evil, so I'll go along with anything. Yeah, as, like, basically, yeah. Without getting in trouble myself.
1: Yeah, I, I did enjoy that.
2: I would. I think they should have a few more evil and corrupt lawyers mm. slash accountants Although, on Coronation Street. Yeah.
1: He he does say to Debbie, look, you. this is risky business here, because you're kind of admitting, you've admitted to Abby that you killed someone and they're not really dead.
2: You can get in trouble for perjury.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure you want people going around... Uh, You're at uh, Abby, who, you know, not been on best terms with you recently. Also not Thinking reliable. that she's... Yeah, true. That, that that she's knows a deep, dark secret. And you... you know, it's a, bit, a, bit, a bit of a risk.
2: Yeah, because you can't go, no, he's not dead after all, because that will ruin all of your plans.
1: Exactly. But Abby, Abby um, Debbie says, has um, got as much to lose as she has in all this. Why does Abby have much to lose? Don't know. I don't she does anyway so um she she's fine with it but i mean to me i'm thinking yeah this is a a huge huge risk but this is
2: a gamble but yeah it seems is it because
1: (coughs) is it is it because if abby um admits it now then um the police will say why don't you come speak to us sooner that means that you're an accessory to this murder
2: i think this is sorry I'm <clears throat> enjoying Debbie a lot because she is kind of like Carly used to be in that she's really ruthless in business and she's a gambler she is a bit, you know. and she takes risks. And I think she's a really interesting, well-developed character because everything she does is sort of logical to the personality that they've built up for her. Yeah. <clears throat> she's not sentimental. She, <clears throat> she definitely tries to play fair. She's definitely got conscience. But you can tell how she's made her money. She just t- removes any kind of emotion
1: yeah, from she what just, she's doing. Yeah, she has She got her eyes on the prize yeah. all the time, has not she? I mean,
2: all the stuff with what she's doing now, selling stuff back to everybody, feels a bit weird. Like I don't know, I don't know why she would particularly do this. That doesn't seem. I interesting, think she's just trying
1: to repair trying her to reputation comments, but with I don't the street, apparently cares. hates. Yeah,
2: exactly. Uh, everything up till that point. With Debbie, as far as I'm concerned, really well conceived. I, I suppose if you know she's saying?
1: like saying, "I'm going to inherit all of Ray's businesses and I want to carry on, you know, trading with people, and I want people. I don't want to have the reputation of uh, that, that I currently have, which is the the bit who tried to knock everyone's houses down. I've seen the error of my rays." <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, right, so Wednesday then. Um, Debbie goes, Is this is when she starts going around telling everybody, the whole project's been cancelled. Ray's race to raise the place has stalled before the finishing line. So it's all okay, it's off everybody. Everything's going to go back to normal. Everyone's going to be able to buy their house back. David's going to be able to get his house back. All sorted. So she basically starts going around everybody over the course of the next two episodes drawing up paperwork. It's very thrilling. So... Debbie and Abby. And Abby thinks that Debbie is a bit of a lifesaver at the moment. This is another reason why she's keeping her secret. That Debbie, Abby's like, if you, if you hadn't been around to to find me on the bistro floor, I could have been dead. So she's like a best bud now. <laughs> um, so they're having this celebratory drink in the bistro, and that's when um, the detective turns up. Um, and and he, it's a
2: different one.
1: Yes, it was, wasn't it? Yeah.
2: Because I wanted him to go, just one more thing.
1: It, it, it wasn't. Ray kills him something. I wrote this down earlier He, oh yeah D.S. DS Dudar Thing Ray okay. refers to him later so D.S. Dudar comes round and is like um, yeah we've just been investigating the 999 call that was made and it yeah it turned out it was you
2: and <laughs> maybe this it was you maybe
1: this was no Abby did know before this that it was Debbie didn't she because she'd remembered her, but they're keeping it quiet. Anyway, I think this is what happened. I, I, I don't know. I anyway, can't this, is where, this is either. where this is this no. is where Debbie says, um, "Yes, I came in. I saw Abby. I thought she'd overdose, and die, so I died nine 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 and just left it to her because she did it to herself." Um and I didn't deserve. Uh, she didn't deserve my pity. And th- and Abby piped up and was like, "Yeah, Debbie saved my life. She's cracking." Oh, I'm a terrible don't, don't tell addict. her off. Don't ar- arrest her, please. Well, what we what Make was cool I talking about it.
2: earlier? Then I must have got confused. No,
1: I, I thought I, this already happened. No, th- no, this happened then. I can It was. <laughs> it was in Monday's episode where Abby finds out that. Uh, Oh, it doesn't oh, matter. Dear Everybody it. knows now. We just maybe said it in the wrong order. It doesn't apologize. matter. Abby also wants Debbie to give the garage back. So she um, gets the paperwork to Kevin and Kevin tells Debbie to do what he didn't want anything to do with her. But uh, yeah, all right, I'll keep the, gab- the garage. Thank you very much. Oh, that's nice. I get to keep the £90,000 that I got for it. Bonus. But he's still not keen to trust her. And we get to see lots of brooding shots of Kevin over the course of the next episode and a half. Him. Oh, I don't. I uh, don't trust my sister. So she's a uh, up with her. Um, Debbie uh, towards the end of the episode speaks with Ray on the phone and says that DS Tyler, DS Duda, has been sniffing around. But I've put the. card it. I knew you'd say that, but she literally used those I words. So I heard typed I them, them say down it. and I said, I'm going to say this on the podcast. When and I heard to say it, say, no, I, don't I was like, like that that's phrase. really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> We've
2: <laughs> already gotten over that now. I like
1: that phrase. Okay. She says that she's put the kibosh on the development all over. I've started selling her assets. So before long, we're going to have enough money to send your packing off to Turkey. Um, and and then she kind of puts the phone down and she's she's just kind of smirking at how things are looking so much rosier for her now and she basically is thinking you know got it
2: made oh, I, yeah, I got it out. made I
1: have got all this money coming to me could raise out of my hair this is like the ultimate business move
2: Yep, Alan Sugar
1: would be pretty, would be proud of her he
2: would I mean he really liked Katie Hopkins so I think he bloody loved Debbie yeah yeah
1: um, and, and back at number 13 we have another scene with Kevin and Abby and Kevin's still struggling to forgive her blah blah mm. blah um yeah, that was about all that happened there. Friday, though, this is where Dave, uh, David starts getting involved because De- Debbie wants him to start signing all these papers and get things moving so he can get back into um, number eight. But he seems to be a bit um, a bit hesitant to get the ball rolling on this. And we find out why um, the next scene where um, he says that he hasn't got enough money for it. And I've kind of lost track of what the financial situation is with everything well, you, you here. He literally
2: explained
1: but... it. Can you tell me?
2: Well, he sold his house. So he's got money.
0: Yeah.
2: Right. So say he sold his house for 100 grand. Yeah. Doesn't mean he's got 100 grand now, does it? It means that however much money he had left on the mortgage, however much he paid minus that, say he paid 20 grand off, he only gets 20 grand out of it. Uh,
0: Yes. Okay.
2: So he's got some of the money. He's got however much he paid in to the mortgage, less the interest. Right. Right, so now, to buy the house back, he needs to get the rest of the capital. So all he's got at the moment is a deposit. And depending on how much money he actually has put into the mortgage, that deposit might not actually be enough to get a mortgage for the amount that he can afford to repay. And I would be shocked if anybody would uh, sign off on a mortgage for a house with a great big sinkhole in the garden, (laughs) to be honest.
1: Yeah, that's just filled itself in. It's fine now. Not a problem. Um, so he De- Debbie then um, goes to Tracy and brings her all the paperwork for Streetcars and the flat and everything. And we learn that Tracy's n- got no plans to move back into that flat above Streetcars. They're perfectly fine at number one with the recovering alcoholic brother, the octogenarian father. The, well, uh, at
2: least there's no pesky dog there anymore to take up all the room.
1: Very true. Um,
2: Is Amy living there?
1: Uh, must be. She must be there. We Steve, just haven't, so Steve's haven't seen her for a little while.
2: So there's three adults and a kid there's, and another
1: one to come. Yeah. Yeah. So a little bit cozy in there, but she's perfectly happy with it.
2: She's just glad to split the rent.
1: Yep. Um so but but she'll yeah, fill out the paperwork and everything. So everything's going fine there. Um she while she's there though, this is in the rover, she hears Shona coming in asking for a barmaid's job. She's talking to um thingy Daisy, isn't yep. she? Um, she she just wants money because she's fat. She's so desperate to live to leave this rat infested hellhole that they've moved to on the dog and gunner's stay that she just will will get a second job. She's in in addition to the the buttering of roles that she's doing at Roy. Is she doing any of that at the moment? Did she no, have a little trial the other week? They said
2: yeah. Aren't you working at, at Roy's? And she's like, oh yeah, well whatever. That's not enough. But I I don't Fine. think that Roy was eager. For her to come back. No,
1: and they've just given um Flippin Asher a, a job as well. Yeah. So Shona's even uh
2: yeah. Shona she certainly should really to stop pursuing now. customer relations jobs. Why?
1: Just because she's a little bit blunt.
2: Because she's rude to everybody and makes them mad.
1: Well, that's fine. And
2: in she, is she, I think
1: that having Shona on the list of yeah, Rover's barmaid, I'd be quite happy to see that. I think, I you're think right, that, but I'm saying like, I'm, sorry, calm. I was
2: talking about it in real, in real life, you're talking about it. If she turned up for the school run wearing a red dress, what's she going to wear to be a barmaid? That's a good question. <laughs> yeah. And I can really actually see some hilarious scenes between Emma, Jenny,
1: and Daisy, Daisy, Daisy and, and Shona.
2: Daisy and Shona because they the thing is about cash. Daisy is that she's such a bitch. Um, Jenny doesn't seem to realise and Emma is too nice to call her out on it. But Shona will call her out on it, but she'll also insult her without realising.
1: Yeah. And, and Daisy will, um, won't will suffer uh, Shona's... You know, Nonsense. Non- no, she won't. And she'll, she'll...
2: Yeah, they'll hate each other.
1: Uh, yeah, so I think that could be quite fun to watch. And then Emma do... and
2: Jenny will be trying to keep peace.
1: But I do think that having... Um, Shown her there as a barmaid, could she? She she would look the part. It's it's Ryan. Is he still working at the Rovers? Was Ryan working at the Rovers? Or were we making important. this up. There's an awful lot of people working behind that bar I'm at the sure, Rovers. Technically, return, still is Yeah, <laughs> and is Gemma working there as well? <laughs> I think
2: it's I think it's just whoever's they just all they all stand outside in the morning ready to come in at eleven o'clock. Jenny lets them in and then whoever's first in the queue gets to be behind the bar. Yeah.
1: And it's and there there definitely are still some level of serving restrictions at the rovers. I mean it looks like they are letting people come in to sit, you know, socially distanced from each other. You're in allowed the booths and grapes, the tables. There's not apart. huge crowds in there, so there's yeah. They're semi-opening at the Rovers. But yeah, I don't think they quite need all these members of staff. So <laughs> maybe that's a, an idea for the future, having, having Shona there as a barmaid. But anyway, the whole point of that really was that Tracy overhears that Shona is saying, we're desperate we for money. money, we can't afford number eight. So Tracy hot foots it over to Debbie and says, I will have that house, thank you very much. We've, we've got the money, we've got the capital, sign me up. Um, Abby doesn't like this plan, though. Well, she doesn't
2: think it's fair because it isn't really.
1: No, no, she, yeah, she, she's got a bit of money. Well, because the whole that. point,
2: one of the re- one of the reasons that she originally opposed Ray's idea was not just that he was a sex case, but also that he was trying to destroy the community and making people move out when they didn't want to. And honestly, of all the people that were forced to move, David was the one that actually didn't want to go.
1: Mm, mm. Um, so David got the paperwork from Debbie at last later, and he's, he's like, "Yeah, well, I'll." I'll I'll have, have a look a at look. it maybe over the weekends. Maybe get it back to you on Tuesday. Maybe after Tuesday, and that's what won me up. And I was going, oh, they don't have weekends on Coronation Street. Yeah, you were lecturing Coron- me. About... I had a little, I had a little mini um, Twitter conversation with Michael Adams did you? about, yeah, about isn't it silly how every day on Coronation Street follows on after each other?
2: But they used to do that in the old days as well.
1: Not they no. did. They
2: did. Michael, Who does the quiz? I do the quiz, and I literally I click through day to day, and almost every single. One will follow on from another, especially during the week, even in the old days.
1: No, I think that you will find... It's a mix. What I think you'll find is... They Actually. Would, they would often refer to there have been days that have passed in between this episode sometimes. and the last one. I think that that was the norm. And it's just weird now how it's not. But anyway, that's that, I, I, That's a let's serious, have, serious deal. Um, I've mentioned this before on the podcast. Let's do
2: Patreon top five moments where we were irritated at the passage of time and I, how it was depicted in Coronation Street.
1: I can't, I, I just can't stand it. I want right. a new producer to come on and say, let's have spaces between episodes. I think episodes. it would
2: be... Of detriment to telling a story. That's
1: the thing. It totally, totally it would, would be. It
2: just be an added complication but to... But it just
1: takes me right out of the realism of it. It sticks in my craw, it does. Oh, dear. Anyway, um, yeah, so t- t- she... This is, at this point, Debbie says to David, well, yeah, there's been another offer in this house already, so you better get your skates on, love. Um, and he finds out later that it's Tracy because she's there... Poking her nose over the fence, probably looking at that sinkhole and going, "Oh, what can we do with that? We'll do with that?" She's like,
2: "Oh, it's gone."
1: Wonder if they can knock a bit off the price of it because of that. It's
2: gone. They forgot to dig it and put it back. What's that?
1: What's that sheet of green fabric doing <laughs> lying on the on the grass there? Um, anyway, Debbie and David both catch her at it, and um, and Debbie says, "David's got first refusal, um, but yeah, he, he's got to get in there quick. You need to cough up lickety split," she says. And that, that's how we leave this.
2: Yakety yak.
1: That's what we've been doing. That's what I've been doing. Mm. Um, enjoy this this week, this story? Yes. I. What did you think about... You, do, do we... This building development plot... I know it, it it's yet? not completely over because everybody's got to, you know, slot back into their little houses and everything. But...
2: For all well, its and
1: purposes, it's it's over now, isn't it? It kind
2: of is, but. Um...
1: And what do you know? They didn't knock down the houses and build a <laughs> hotel.
2: I I've got a theory about what's going to happen with the house, but I'm not going to say anything. Why? Because some of some of it's a spoiler. But I think if you know the spoiler, it's really obvious. What's going to happen? I
1: don't. I don't think I, I. I know some things that are happening coming up. But I don't think I know anything with this. Well, More I'm not saying anything
2: else because I don't want to get people to speculate and spoil it for themselves. Right, so I am loving Debbie in this. I think she is the closest thing we've had to a co-villain, female villain, for a long time. She's not really a proper villain, but I like the fact that she's a bit morally grey. I mean, I don't like how much she's bending over backwards to try to re- give restitution to people, but she really doesn't need to do do that no, no I do I mean partly I, mean,
1: I, think, I think she's doing it because like she wants to um, rebuild bridges with Kevin and maybe she thinks that if Kevin, he sees me you know doing good by these people I Kevin, kind of swindled out no. of their houses but Kevin is Kevin
2: is not worth anybody's time he's
1: a he's
2: now fallen to, in my estimations below Tim news alert everybody
0: blimey I
2: am really not having it with, with Kevin anymore He's just
0: a grumpy it's not, old man. It's not. It's and
2: Bance and Kev the cranker and funny, funny jokes. He's literally He's just a grumpy us. old man who isn't grey haired yet. So people take him bit. seriously. I I
1: I don't know what Abby sees in him particularly. I can't
2: see the point of their relationship anymore. I, I, They're all they good used to get on. They used to be jams. like hee hee, I'll flick you with this oily rag, and now it's like
0: <laughs> okay,
2: okay. you know, do you know what I mean. But now it's like, well, what's the attraction?
1: Yeah, I mean, she's, she's got to at some point take a step back and say, right, look, there's this guy that's what, 20 years older than me? 10, 15? I don't know.
2: I'm a, a smoking hottie. I might have troubles in my past. Got a little bit of
1: baggage.
2: I'm skilled. I'm a skilled worker. I'm hilarious. And I'm plucky and I'm heroic. Why am I with this loser old guy who won't shut up moaning about literally everything?
1: It does make me think that there's potential in a story for Kevin to, you know... Make, I can't believe I'm advocating for a will they split up story, <laughs> which is Cory's bread right, and butter what, at what, the moment. How are
2: they going to split
1: up? Well, I don't know. Just happy realising that there are, you know... Other more men. viable alternatives <laughs> than Kevin and oh, as long as one of them isn't bloody Peter I don't want that no I don't I, like that I, 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 on a, but that's a pro- partly the problem the is I don't know whether there are any you know guys on the street that are oh, good enough for Abby at the moment I
2: know I really
1: don't think there are I don't, they're
2: all shiftless wasters compared to our and I'd, Abby
1: I'd quite like to see her you know settle down and be happy and everything because I love the character so much I want I want good things for her.
2: Yeah. But. I mean, I don't, yeah, the only thing you can I, say I about Kevin. With her. He is a whiny bastard, but at least, like, they kind of seem fairly solid at the moment. The only time they've ever had troubles yeah. is when, like, she's had drug issues.
1: Yeah. they they are relatively solid, and, and she is good with Jack, And he's we've quite been told.
2: He's quite an undramatic person, even though he is a bit of a drama queen, but, like, nothing really serious happens to him. Yeah. No. He's a very boring person. Like, it's not like... I mean, the last exciting thing that happened was he got some money. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't go looking for, doesn't go for, looking drama, for drama, does he? I mean, he? yeah.
2: So... He's, and she
1: does um, need a, a stable, you know, relationship.
2: Yeah. But I, it right. just
1: feels like she could get, yeah, a little bit bored of it.
2: Uh, is Bill Webster dead?
1: Oh, um... I d- this was a dead. talking point, wasn't it? This
2: was, a, this was a talking point on Twitter when... Debbie says she loved Bill, her dad, and she used the past tense to talk about him. um
1: I needed to go back and rewatch that because i I did see somebody claim that that's what she said, and the subtitle said that, but I didn't actually hear it in my own ears at listening out for okay. it, but assuming that the subtitler was right and the person who heard it um I mean that could be literally
2: the only reference we ever get to the fate of Bill Webster
1: that would be very sad, yeah. if... Yeah, if it's Bill true. has been written off just you know with an off the cuff remark on the, this week's episode because it felt like he was a, a pretty important character. I mean,
2: yeah, I mean when the when Coronation Street will spend more time on um, uh, Ken Ken Barlow taking a photo of somebody else's dog doing a poo and spend you know minutes and minutes and minutes of about that and then just have one word to describe yeah, like the fate throw of throw away. Yeah,
1: and it wasn't like he was, you know, an unpopular character either, was he? Bill was a a nice chap. Yeah,
2: I used to. Well, he was a bit more of a ducker and a diver in his younger years, but when he was um sort of an older gent, he he was a a nice granddaddy, wasn't
1: he? Yeah, Um, him and Auntie Pam together. But you know, Maureen together were kind of fun. And
2: the trouble about it is that sometimes you might, in the English language, describe how you felt about somebody in the past tense when they're still alive
1: yeah especially, it's, it's especially i can't too, remember what the sentence was Whether she was talking about at the time well,
2: she was like being don't get me wrong don't get me wrong I love dad you know and and that would make sense to say about to say it like that because you you did love him at the time, but you're still expressing your dissatisfaction about how you were treated
1: yeah usually when a character when their when, pa- they when a parent say, dies, usually they make a bit of a thing of it yeah. But I mean, yeah, often it's an excuse journal. for a, for a female character to go off on maternity leave. Um, yeah, yeah it's, maybe
2: they don't want to use it up in case. I'd, <laughs> I'd be sad if we didn't get, get anything out
1: of it. And I got the impression that last year when they got that money from Auntie Vi, that Bill was still alive then. So I, I don't know. I don't know. It'd be a shame, but it, it
2: would be a very Kevin thing to just not mention the fact your dad's died. Just carry on being a grumpy old sod.
1: Yeah, I think if there's, I think it would be silly that to to you know carelessly kill off a character, even if they've they're not mentioned worse. anymore. There's always storyline potential for a for a that dying pair grandparents. So, yeah,
2: they've
1: done worse. I'm sure they can say they can claim he's not dead. Well, they literally
2: um, could have sent Blimin um, Jack to Germany. If they instead of sticking him in the front <laughs> bedroom, playing on his Xbox.
1: Yeah. Um, what did you think of the whole uh, Ray's not really dead twist? I mean, I was talking about the fact that I didn't really believe Debbie's story. Are you pleased with how things are turning out? And can you believe it? Is it um, credible that we ended this last scene we saw them with her, you know, cowering in the kitchen? Yeah.
2: How and did how did come that about? get yeah. to
1: say? No, don't kill me. Well, I don't think we'll ever find
2: out how they went from A to C. Yeah. But I'm not disappointed that he was alive. It was kind of... You could see it coming. Um, But, you know, sometimes you're supposed to, so...
1: Why is she doing it though? I why, want. To, I just she,
2: think. She, I'm just kind of hoping no that
1: reason. I'm kind of hoping that she's actually gonna get all the raised stuff, and she's setting him up. He's determined not to sign anything over until he's in Turkey, but really, the cards are in in her hand. She. She's, I know.
2: I. I. This is why I said earlier about Debbie that you can you can't tell what she's up to, and I'm holding out hope that she's got a master plan somewhere to stick it to him. Or do something. I mean, this is what, to me, there's there's two ways that this is going Well, three ways. He's going to go off and come back some years down the line, perhaps. He's going to go... He's going to um have his comeuppance and, and do something violent and die.
0: Yeah.
2: Or she's going to shop him to the police and she's going to stitch him up. So that he's implicated in everything dodgy that happened, and she's Scott gets off Scott free. Yeah, and, and
1: as being the one who's taken down the great Ray Crosby, everyone's like, "Hooray, we love Debbie, and we all forgive you."
2: Yeah, yeah. And Kim's like, oh.
1: "I still stand by what I said last week on the podcast, where this feels very much like a uh, the baddie goes away for a little bit before making his yeah. final triumphant hurrah." So it wouldn't surprise me if you know
2: he comes back. From Turkey, weeks, month says, or so
1: time. Do you know
2: what Turkey's rubbish? Well, you I'm won't, not living there. I
1: want not even get to Turkey? Because no, if, if, if Debbie <laughs> is refusing to, you know, give him this train, uh, plane ticket, train sorry, ticket before he Turkey. hands everything over to her, he could like go, right, that's it.
2: Yeah, um, I can see there being a struggle. I mean, I would personally, I think that they would do well to um, ship him off to Turkey and have him come back when they can actually do stunts. I think we deserve to see. The thing about it is, is that at some point they're going to be able to do stunts again. And it might be this year.
1: They punch Kevin in the face this week. What more do you want? <laughs> I
2: want explosions. <laughs> um, it might be this year, as early as this year, right? At the end of this year? Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah? Um, And if, if it's going to involve a villain, I would rather it be somebody who is established already rather than somebody they quickly shoehorn in. You know, God forbid it be Mick the Gangster. You know what I'm saying, I want it to be somebody who we're, we've been we've we know and we've learned about and we are familiar with and we think is a bad person, so that the impact of it is is more exciting, so I'd be perfectly happy if they shipped him off to Turkey and then he came back at Christmas. surprise it's me it's and me and
1: right? Do I don't remember me.
2: Keep me away from that helter-skelter, you know what I mean, and then we'll yeah. have some kind of Christmas
1: yeah, maybe maybe ...shooting
2: or whatever.
1: It it's all quite fun. the the one one thing that that yeah like getting my goat a little bit is, I don't like it, that Abby is being <laughs> quite so gullible. Uh, and as yeah, Abby the hero, the hero of the hour, the you know always comes up with the best plan and everything. I I don't like the idea that
2: what's she being gullible she, about?
1: Well, that Debbie about the fact that Debbie's killed Ray. <laughs> I, and,
2: I also like the fact she's like, well, fair enough.
1: He was a, yeah, he, he was a, a sex evil. case. Yeah. She she believes Debbie. She's staying quiet about it. And I'm thinking, no, Abby. Yeah, that doesn't
2: her, really do make sense. I I also think that... if you, I don't you, like it when, when the villains pull the
1: wall over the eyes of people I only like.
2: Abby's given no indication that she's conflicted about knowing this about Kevin's sister.
1: Not really. You really
2: would think that this would cause some kind of, you know... Issue, like if I knew, if I knew your sister they probably killed that. somebody, I might just blurt it out, <laughs> like in the middle of dinner or something, so not be able to keep it a secret. Like your, your sister downward dog someone to death. Do you know she's good at yoga? So. That's the only way I can. Maybe imagine her.
1: maybe that's what will so, happen, yeah. and that's how it all comes out. Abby accidentally gets a bit tipsy and mentions it. I don't know, but no, I, I'm I'm still pretty much enjoying this story, but. I'd always feel a bit of a sense of regret over this story that, you know, the whole bulldozing and everything didn't quite escalate to the heights that it could have done if COVID hadn't happened. And it's Look, always a shame because we knew that they were never going to tear anything down. But
2: to be fair, I mean, in a way, <laughs> this isn't being fair at all, this is being really pitchy. but it's possible that if COVID wasn't, around, it would still have been a bit lame and disappointing.
1: Yeah, yeah <laughs> it is as possible I it's don't possibly... know how
2: much different it actually would have been. It, I mean, we already had people rolling down the street in cherry pickers and stuff. It still I
1: mean, only felt like a little mini issue that only a handful of characters really cared about. Yeah,
2: that's true. And
1: now it's all over and there's no, like, major celebrations or street parties like, hey, Coronation Street we've saved, let's pop that cork. Nobody really cares. They're just like, oh, they have having a house like." Oh, lovely. Anyway, on to the next story. you know it's yeah there, there were great there were great moments in the story and and last week really was a highlight for me, and I enjoyed the silly protest a couple of weeks ago, as well but i it's one of those like what could have been stories really yeah. but it, it but there were times during it where I thought this is a complete stinker, and the fact that parts of it were able to grab me fair play. I, I think Debbie's
2: been a big part. Debbie and Ray are both really interesting. It's Debbie, Ray
1: and Abby, really, isn't yes, it? Yes, yeah.
2: They carried their story. Yeah. Which yeah. is funny because Abby's not even anybody who was that upset about moving. No, no. Because she's sort of a bit of a, you know, little Tobo. You know, the... the mm the dog on TV yeah. that would always wander from house to house. This is what she reminds me of, a plucky little heroic dog that saves the day and then runs off to the next Yeah, and it's not disaster. like she's got
1: some long-running personal history with no. the street, has she? So I mean, Ken kind stood of, yeah. in front of the, the digger on the anniversary week with his, with his plastic bags yeah. that then didn't bother fighting didn't for out. it anymore. Brian and Kathy, again, they came. They popped their heads they up. They really and said,
2: were of no consequence, were No, they totally were. I was I'm still, I'm still waiting for them to... To be involved in any way.
1: Yeah. Who else was it that jumped up on the float? Alina was on the float. Not the, Was it the the protest truck a few yeah. weeks ago? that wasn't she? Nobody know. cares. No.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it is a bit... um I don't know. I think maybe it's something to think about if you're on the Corrie team of, like, why was this story only interesting because of these three characters that have no real ties to the street? That's a bit worrying. Mm-hmm. I think they were a bit lazy with how they portrayed it and I don't think they tried hard enough. And I think I'm I was I'm a bit like I don't want you to keep making excuses that you can't do this or that because of coronavirus. I
1: know I I'm know. I'm being
2: really really mean now, I know I am. It's not really I, fair. I, I would because love, I know how hard they have to work.
1: I'd love to know what the original plans for this story yeah. were. and we know that
2: they're, te- they're they're like so overworked at the moment that they're having to have a break yeah. in production. Yeah. so they can get gather themselves together. I can't imagine how stressful.
1: I want to know what's been going on at Corona It must know, be Things really have been going on at Coronation Street. live in, um, what's his face. Uh, Matt, Hilton. Matt Hilton's Matt been Hilton. doing some work at Coronation Street this week. Mark yeah. Gleason, graphics man, has been doing some work. Okay. So it's, things are they still are going there, stuff. just not filming. Yeah, it's, it's,
2: it's just... I'd, it's, I'd love
1: to have been a fire must, in the wall in there this
0: week. It
2: must be so demoralising to come up with all these great ideas and then have them snatched away from you. Yeah. And then having to sort of put something together that is not as good and you know it isn't.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: And when you, like, they they're all, like, driven to produce... Th- and then you get
1: little picky internet people going, going oh, well, I oh, think it wasn't they took that their exciting. mask off when they came
2: inside. Uh, yeah, they take their mask off when they took. But, you know, I, how many times have you been somewhere and you've really had the urge to take your mask off to t- tell somebody something and put it yeah. back on again?
1: Oh, well, well I I'm, know I I'm back in school next week and it means it's going to be masked all day for me every day. It's horrible. Right.
2: I heard what? glasses wearers mm. have a lower um rate of catching coronavirus really yes i think you should wear a visor I've and a it- mask um, you're not going to wear your glasses are you
1: don't know no, It doesn't matter let's let's um let's talk about gail's fanny
2: i wouldn't oh, normally oh, oh. i wouldn't normally share unsubstantiated coronavirus
1: yeah Twitter fact check.
2: Yeah, but listen, I don't think anyone's going to be harmed by wearing glasses, is what I'm saying. No. But if it can be of slight benefit, perhaps worth mentioning. Okay. I haven't caught it yet, I've been wearing my glasses as I've done.
1: (laughs) Also not left the house.
2: (laughs) Also not really gone anywhere. I was talking on the phone to somebody today and I was like, I haven't worn shoes in nine months. (laughs) I have, but um, not very frequently. (laughs) Right, desperately finding Fanny, Monday... Gail... That's just the
1: story. That's, that's just one of them. That's just one of the many picks.
2: I pref- I like Gail Fanny's About because I think Fanny and around, I use that phrase a lot and I think it's quite charming and Do funny. you
1: remember the Thin Blue line?
2: Yeah. Yes, of course I do.
1: Inspector Grimm, that was his thing. Oh,
2: fanny, about <laughs> wow. You've not seen Please the Thin Please go and line. look it up on YouTube Literally, if it's
1: on there. That was, the, the late 90s was that the was period the when, for me, you, British you sitcoms and- were like, at their at their height, and then they suddenly fell off a cliff. And I'm one of those things are better in the olden days. sort you of people. you literally want I to live in the 90s. British don't you? sitcoms of the 80s, and then the 90s. Vicar of Dibley came around 94. I'm going to say then Blue Line 96, 95, oh, like, 96, and it's like I just didn't really like British sitcoms after that. But Then Blue Line was brilliant, and the Spectre Grimm is fanning about classic, get and watch And
2: it. it's got um, the,
1: it's Rowan Atkinson. Is yeah, the,
2: if you need to be convinced oh God, that it's he, good Rowan Atkinson. What
1: an underappreciated Rowan Atkinson character. Everyone remembers Mr. P. Yeah, Everyone remembers Blackadder, but Raymond Fowler, brilliant character.
2: The blue line was fantastic. Yes. I loved it. And it was um, actually surprisingly diverse cast for, oh yes, it had, for um, the 90s.
1: It had, It was the um, Inspector Goody, Who was the gay one. James Dreyfus was in it, wasn't he? And um, the one who played uh, Amber's mum on Coronation Street was Inspector Habib. Yes. Brilliant. lemon um, What's-His-Face, the king from uh, from Game of Thrones. Yeah,
2: that was diversity. What was his he's name?
1: fat. What was his name?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Mark E...
1: Mark. Yeah, Mark... Not Mark. <laughs> not <laughs> Mark, Mark Eater. Mark. Yeah. Anyway, we're so good getting off topic so much. You talk about... um, Gail goes to the factory to
2: retrieve a box of family items that she has placed there because they are moving house and she needs to store things somewhere because she's homeless, isn't she? Yeah. Basically. She's relying on the good nature of her children, both of whom she has not raised particularly well, really. Um, A photo of a fanny falls out. No, not not a biological fanny, a lady fanny. A girl, a woman from victorian
1: mark addy says the iPad.
2: see that mark (laughs) eden sounds similar doesn't it yeah it
1: does
2: right so um she's like oh who's this fanny 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 let's just say Fanny all the time i'll type fanny into the internet and just google fanny and see what happens girl she talks to sam i think i think it was really exciting this is like one of the my biggest regrets about not having kids is like family trees genealogy talking about your family history, not knowing that nobody's going to care about any of the stories about my like, relatives and family and people that came before me, but being able to share something exciting with a, with a kid, like, look at this. This is your great, great, whatever, whatever. Mm. That's exciting. So um, she's trying to find out information. She goes onto a website, and somehow they, there's like some kind of social messaging board on there where everyone's got stupid names. And I can't remember what her name is. Oh, just
1: something random, wasn't it? Like genealogists or...
2: Genie.
1: I, I don't know.
2: Well, she meets somebody called Top Hat. Yes. And um, Nick comes in. I don't
1: get why people would have weird usernames like that on a family
0: tree website. Surely it would
2: be of detriment to, to finding <laughs> out who anybody is. Yeah. Surely if you're gonna use your real name anywhere, it would be a website dedicated to family history. Yeah. Can you imagine? I'll tell you what the sad thing is. In the future, family history, like Family Tree is going to be like um like Michael Dodson and then it'll be like at ConversationSdrew and all of your like <laughs> online aliases. Yeah. Anyway. anyway, get it on Wednesday. Um, Gail's contacted Ted, her lovely gay dad, lovely about gay, Fanny. He hasn't got back to her because he's like, Fanny's not interested. She, <laughs> she goes on this genealogy website and she finds the ne- woman's name is Fanny Winfrey Page and she is Gail's great-great-grandmother.
1: I d- is it Or oh, maybe
2: more greats.
1: No, great-great. I think she said great-great. What
2: is Fanny short for? must be short for something, like Fanuel. Let's call her Fanuel. Penelope. Penelope, <laughs> I like that. Um, so he's somebody says, oh, I've got the same grandmother and let's meet up. So in the pub, Audrey and George meet up and they talk about old times. Gail turns up. I guess you probably have realised this. It turns out that George is top hat and they're related.
1: Um, right, Gemma, from Wikipedia... Fanny is a given name, a diminutive of the French name Francis, meaning free one, and of the name Stephanie.
2: Oh, Stephanie! The Spanish
1: version of Stephanie, meaning crown.
2: Francis, okay. Francis, Winifred, Page. I don't know
1: whether it was Winifred or Winifree because I've written Winifree here, but
2: Winifree sounds like a is fake that a name? name. I don't know. George, so so.
1: George and Gail are somehow related.
2: So does that mean that Audrey was, like, flirting with her, someone who's actually more related to her, than Gail is related to him? Something
1: like this, yeah. Ew. What are the chances? Audrey's
2: like, this is weird, I'm leaving. And then they start talking, and then she goes crazy, and she says that she used to be Nefertiti.
1: Oh, Gail.
2: And Mary Gale, comes Gail,
1: Gail, Gail. She goes,
2: back, back, back into the annals of time. She does even does a, like... She does a special gesture, it was a bit it was a bit cringy. A bit. Mary comes in and I, and honestly, Mary was jealous because she was talking to George was talking to um Gail. But if she'd heard the stuff about past lives, she would have gone off on one probably. She'd have
1: loved
2: it. I um, I wouldn't be surprised if there was there wouldn't have been a new rivalry, not over George, but over who actually was Nefertiti in a past life, because I'm <laughs> sure that Mary thinks she was as well. Um George starts to get paranoid
0: uh, uh, oh, Mary, George goes to
2: drain his because, buds. It's because he's 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 actually do with the prostate.
1: Yeah, it's because Mary's staring at him. Yeah, this, there was what there were a couple of zooming ins of characters this week. There was a the zooming in of Peter when he's sitting there at the at the table at number one, and there was a the zooming in of Mary giving George a death stare on uh, Wednesday's episode, and he's like, I, I can't be dealing with this.
2: So basically, Gail, Mary, and Eileen are now all competing for the affections of George. Gorgeous kind George.
1: Of, but I, no, I He's not
2: th- interested in, in Mary for definite.
1: Mary I don't think Mary wants George anymore. I think he, that she's Gail just was she's annoyed just enjoying, that she's been spurned by him.
2: Gail's just enjoying talking to anybody that's not her children.
1: Yeah, having a grown up conversation yeah. about regressing into past lives and not Egyptian cooking creams. eggy dippy eggs.
2: Dippy eggs, yeah. They just so, have, a never,
1: they have a slanging match, don't they? Gail and, and Eileen, but they can't have an actual, you know, fisticuffs party on the street like classic times. They end up just hurling insults at each other, which was quite fun. Um, there was, I can't remember what there was about, there, there was one where Eileen said that George should hire her at his Undertaker's because she could bore the customers to death and then he'd get a bit more business. Um I don't think he needs much more business normally, at the, the moment. I was going to
2: say, normally, also, your customers are dead before they come.
1: Well, no, she can just kind of stand around outside the funeral but the parlor. the more people
2: and... that you kill who come in to sort the relative stuff out, the more complicated it becomes. <laughs> you don't want to kill off the people that are picking the hems out.
1: Um, anyway, it was it was quite fun, but it did feel to me a little bit like a, a reference. Like a... Ooh, you remember the Gail and Eileen fight, mm. rather than being something that was, you know, yeah, that's a classic true. argument in its own back? right.
2: Yeah, I know. Um, I think it's weird that Audrey and George met up with each other and then started chatting and stuff. He is in no way bitter about the fact that she got her his, her, his dad dad's. There were a few cash. things
1: that are a bit odd about this. That was number so one. Let's hang
2: on, let, look, let's. No, not everyone remembers always watching it, so. Archie Shuttleworth used to date Audrey. Archie Shuttleworth was the funeral director, who's the father of George Shuttleworth. Um, They, yeah, Audrey and, and Archie had a fling. He died. She got left 80 grand.
1: Just a couple of years ago.
2: And this wasn't that long ago. And then that's the money that Nick and David stole. Yeah. And somehow she got this money as inheritance, even though he has a living son who... Clearly, they didn't fall out. There's no no reference to, like, some great family... No. ...secret or argument or... No. I can only assume that he was so loaded that 80 grand was just a small percentage of his overall fortune. I'm
1: sure there was a thing, was there, about the Shuttleworths not being happy that Audrey had the money? Or am I just remembering... Rita and Ted in the 1990s. Yeah, I don't know. I
2: feel like I feel like Dr. But, Dr. Manhattan in The Watchmen, where I'm experiencing time at every moment. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, yeah, there's... Um, but we, whether or not there was some kind of feud and we've just forgotten about it, Archie and... I mean, George and, and Audrey are chuffed to bits to see each other. So the, the fact that, that this money wasn't mentioned was one problem that I had with it. The second one was that... George has been hanging around on the street for a good four, five months now maybe, yet neither Gail nor Audrey have seen him. And I know he's not been in loads of scenes, and he's been mostly either in the flower shop or over at Eileen's house, but I, I struggle to believe that they haven't noticed him. I suppose Audrey's mostly been in Grasmere Drive all this time, but I just kind of assume that when a character moves in and the viewers are introduced to him, then he's introduced to all of the characters and they all add him on their contacts list on their phones because everybody seems to have everybody on the street on their contacts list. But anyway, I'm just nitpicking Here's an interesting
2: fact about Archie Shuttleworth's will. Mm. Ken also was a beneficiary and he received a brass monkey which had previously been given to Archie and Blanche as well. Oh, Oh, lovely. Um, That's from Coriopedia
1: uh well what what do you well, the f the funny let's talk about the funny thing um funny or not
2: funny uh no
1: I I also say no, and I feel bad saying that because we make stupid jokes and, <laughs> and ridiculous innuendos and yeah. silly puns all the well, time. But if I you hide, get a chance, I hold Coronation Street to higher standards than I hold myself, <laughs> and I think that this is such you know low hanging fruit and scraping the bottom of the barrel when it comes to comedy. And the fact that they're giving it to or as well, who's already you know
2: it was a another, shadow of her former self. My problem with, with it was it was another Kirk moment where they had to slightly bend the rules of grammar to make the jokes work. Like when um, Kirk said, I said I'd come as... I said I'd, I'd come, come bear. bear And they thought I meant naked, but I meant as a bear. And I just conveniently forgot to complete the sentence. Whereas Gail's like, I'm just looking up a, a, f- a fanny. I found a fanny. like... Mm. I don't even
0: think
1: it's that. I just think it's they think that there's something inherently much. funny in the name Fanny, well, and, it the, is. and there oh, what do you is, mean? What do there you mean? Is. But that's with our stupid schoolboy sense of humour, and it's maybe funny. There's a lot once. of
2: stuff that's sillier but than that that we find funny.
1: But I, I just know that it's going to keep on going. They're gonna, they're gonna string, they're gonna strain every drop of humour out of this word. Fanny. It's because it's been done
2: um, before by everybody else a million times. That is. Yeah, kind that's of. the
1: thing. I mean, if this story was about <laughs> Gail discovering her great great grandmother Ethel, I might feel differently about the story, honestly. But now I'm I'm thinking of the story, just going, "Oh, that's the silly Fanny story. That's the story with the with the with the grandma with the silly name." I apologize to any Fannies that are listening to this.
2: They've heard it all before. <laughs>
1: uh you know it, well I mean, just that one choice I've so got... let's make our viewers laugh by saying a, a funny word has I've just got... tainted the story for me which could actually be quite interesting you know delving into the the page potter whatever family tree
2: i've got a silly i've got a surname that is a rude word and i've heard all the jokes you don't need to tell me if you if I can see somebody's face working, I know before they even say anything that they're have you got doing a fanny anything.
1: in your Cox family tree? What? Why the silence?
2: I just you literally said up. no. My no, my surname yeah is a rude word. Yes, and so when I hear people make fun of people who've got names that are also a rude word. I kind of am over it already because I've heard all the jokes. It's not funny. Okay. It's kind of annoying. And you're never the first person to have thought that it's funny.
1: I know. I know. Aren't we I don't, it's not
2: like I don't have a sense of humour about it. It can be funny sometimes. But whenever you meet someone and they know what your name is, you can see it on their faces. You're like, just keep it to yourself. I know. Like it's written on your face. <laughs>
1: Um. Finally, just before we move on, because we're stringing a lot out of this story where there wasn't much to go on so far, um, do you, did it annoy you at all that we found yet again some characters that just happen to be related to each other, which seems to be coming thick and fast in Coronation Street in re- in recent years. You know, Carla is really Johnny's daughter. Um, Emma is really Stephen, uh, Steve's son. I'm sure there are a lot more. They, they seem there should to be... be more
2: ones where they're like, it turns out we're not related at all.
1: Well, there's, there's that as well, isn't there? there? I'm sure there's been things like that. I, I, I think they're overusing the, um, the coincidental relationship. But what's the purpose part.
2: of it? That's what I'm worried. That's what I'm interested in. Like, for what reason are they going to turn out to be related? Yeah, yeah, that's and true. There the is a story here, is, but we haven't got there yet. Is it actually the fact that Audrey got left? Eighty grand in Archie's will, not because they used to have a fling, but because she's related to the great, uh Fannuel Winifred <laughs> Winifred Page, of of the Page Page. Um, what were they used to be called? Buckets. What were they were they called? I don't Audrey know. Audrey Potter. Potter. Yeah. Yeah. Potter. The wh- Fannuel Winifred Page Potter
1: mm.
2: and the Potter clan. Yeah. And that's why she got given eighty grand. So uh,
1: it doesn't feel like this is going to be a a serious story. But one thing that I, I kept thinking
2: about on um, when I sort saw, saw the picture of the the lady and like oh I'm related to it and wondering why they're bringing it up But that um it's just that I haven't read the book that um, Ken Barlow wrote, The Murder Mystery. Oh, yeah,
1: the Cartwright Mysteries. Yeah,
2: which is sort of a similar thing in that it's about the the ancestors of Coronation Street family. Yeah, the olden days. Family. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, There's right. nobody
2: in the show, in the early years of the show, that was called Paige. No.
1: Threes are crowded. Let's move on to the next story. Um, so we've got... Uh, Michael's getting rid of James. He's doing the... Um, he, he wants to have lunch with Grace and Aggie on Monday. And he's going to ask her about moving in.
2: He's A- so dumb.
1: Aggie is very suspicious because Michael's cooking his posh lamb. I want to know what this for is for sure. He's about to propose to her.
2: I'm fascinated to, Grace, what, to nice know one. what posh lamb is. I think Aggie's just like posh lamb is anything that doesn't lamb have like and lamb caviar. and bananas. <laughs>
1: in it oh i what did you think i know you don't like people talking about cory women who can't cook but i did enjoy grace telling aggie that her tea's is horrible on i love episodes. this <laughs> so much because it felt
2: to me like an acknowledgement that some people can actually
1: make tea wrong you
2: make tea right
1: <laughs> as we were watching it you said Better's Yorkshire tea
2: <laughs> shut did... up are you getting me in trouble neither really get us, in
1: trouble. us like, neither of us like Yorkshire tea in this family, I'm sorry, listeners, we know there's Yorkshire a lot of Yorkshire is, tea drinkers out there. Yorkshire
2: tea is fine if you like it. It's just it it's not it's not universally the best tea, but you wouldn't know that if you talk to somebody who likes it. Uh, no, no. PJ <laughs> all the way. Um I'm not even that snobby about tea. No, like, we used to have the value stuff. I don't care. The, value
1: stuff,
2: just, the Yorkshire tea is just
1: I don't know whether it just doesn't go with our bitter.
2: water. Yeah, I think it honestly I think it's a water thing because yeah. you've got soft water up north and we've got Hard water. funny, isn't it? Funny, our water down here is well hard. <laughs> Don't have, like, none of that soft northern water counting <laughs> around the tap. You can tell where our water's been. There's a, there's residue and and scum all Grit. over the place. Yeah. Build your bones up. <laughs>
1: anyway, Grace go, comes over to number three. Only Aggie's there, so it's all a bit awkward. And But it doesn't take long before she starts mentioning this whole defrauding the family for a year thing, which Grace is trying to forget ever happened now she's
2: trying i don't know how she actually apologized to aggie i don't know she's like shut up about it yeah (laughs) that was last year
1: um she says i'm not gonna sit back and watch my son fall in love with you all over again and grace is not having any of this saying look i i've got no intention of falling back in love with michael again we are just here to make sure that my kid that your son put inside me is that we put inside me together Is um is is going to have a good life, and we and we want to you know sort things out and do uh, do good by he or she him or her. What a
2: great way of saying it's about the baby. It's all about
1: the baby, Aggie. All starts escalating, and before you know, Aggie's yelling that she's an evil, manipulative
2: cow. I think everybody, including Coronation Street, the show, is gaslighting Aggie about this. It's like she's going, "Are you? What are you? Have you got short memories? Have you not remembered?" It wasn't that long ago this woman was lying to us about one of the worst things I can imagine and everyone's just over it and I'm the crazy one.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I feel sympathy for both I've, sides here. I I'm, I'm enjoying watching it.
2: I'm 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 enjoying this way more than I've enjoyed any Bailey stuff so far. This is fascinating. This this like mother-in-law versus daughter-in-law thing. I know they're not that yet, but yeah, I know, yeah you know. but it's really fascinating and interesting to me because there's so much conflict involved in it, so many unspoken social rules that are being observed here, and it's such a fascinating, tense relationship
0: mm.
2: and you... even if you think like oh yeah i'm going to be over it. I'm not going to be like that like the, comp- the, the there is always a bit of tension, you can't escape it really mm. and um I think uh it's also interesting. To have it, I don't think there's, I don't think it's, I think it's going to be handled a bit better and a bit, it's not too, It's not going to be really sexist, like, the mother-in-law stuff was always, like, the men talking about their mother-in-law and how they hated them.
0: Yeah.
2: Whereas I think this is a bit more of a, a universal concept of, like, the way throughout history a, a daughter-in-law would have joined the family mm. and then there would have had to have been a sort of a, a conflict yeah, over thrown who's, together with, yeah, who's yeah who's 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 in charge of the family now yeah. sort of thing, yeah. but yeah, and also the fact that he's just not having it is great, and the fact that, that Grace is such a bitch. <laughs>
1: um. So you you said that this isn't this is a, a favorite baby story so far, but it's not issues based. But we did get a snifter of issues based story a bit later on, didn't we? Because after Michael comes home, finds out what's happened, and then um,
2: goes he's mad because chasing our, off Grace to find
1: gone Grace. Off, yeah. He gets stopped by the police for mm-hmm. looking like a robber. Yes, he's racially profiled. I think they didn't. No, they did. They did make. They did make a thing of it, didn't they? I, I'm only saying it in this tone of voice because it's a Bailey's, and it's like, oh, I thought this wasn't going to be a, a an issues based story, but it certainly feels like they're going down a a, a racial profiling story, which they might be able to do well, or it might be well, yet Michael. another Bailey's story that is you know, skirting on the edge of issues and saying, Look at us, we've got an issues based story here, no, aren't we? Course. Great. Over in two episodes, let's move on.
2: You know come on. No, listen, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but also this is something that you know you've never experienced in your life and people have Oh my god. I'm this not saying not it's not an important be, I'm familiar, issue. I don't think it is an issues based story. I think it was literally going just to remind you, if you're white you might not know that this is a reality that people like Michael will have lived through and they will have had this happen to them. Like the way he reacts is like, oh, here we go again, you know? And none of them were surprised and that's really depressing.
1: Yeah, Grace comes over and starts having a go at the yeah, police. Yeah, Grace immediately starts shouting at them. I, 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 I'm just... Because I've been, you know, I've been through this before so many times with the Baileys. Oh, going, you're here triggered by
2: the racism. No, just... No. It sounds Look, like that's The what Baileys saying. are an issue Shh. story, aren't they? Everything You don't they
1: need do to go high. ...is an issue story. That's what... We've joked about that before. So I'm very sensitive to things like this, and I'm thinking... It isn't okay, always an with... issue
2: storyline, Michael... It isn't, because Grace snatching her baby Almost and pretending it's a bit... That was the biggest story they had last year, and that is not an issues-based story.
1: They had the they have this Stephen Lawrence Day racism thing, they had the, the gay footballer thing. Both of those.
2: Yeah, exactly. You can't even think of any. You can, I, well, I'm going to say that... Is this like the, the second time they brought up racism for the Baileys? Yeah. So, or what? So two times a black family's experience racism on Coronation street is too much for you. Imagine well, if you were black, it'd be a bit annoying, wouldn't it?
0: Okay, okay, I anyway. I just don't
2: want you to look bad because you're making me look bad because this is something that's a reality to people and you, you're acting really blasé about it, like it's boring to you to watch it. If, if they're
1: going to do a decent story of this, they're going to do a good job of it, Fine. But, but if can it's I going just say that go nowhere? Like some of these stories it have gone with does Sometimes in the go past. nowhere.
2: Look, you don't really have experience of racism, and neither do I. And so when we see it, it kind of jumps out at us and confronts us and makes us feel uncomfortable and we don't really like it because it reminds us that people we're really privileged and other people aren't. And it makes us feel guilty because we don't have to go through this stuff, right? But it also is jarring because we're thinking, well, that doesn't happen. I don't see that happen. I'm not racist. You know, I I I see black people all the time, and I'm not racist to them. I never see anybody. I never see somebody being stopped on the street. I never see like somebody mates calling somebody a monkey at a party, like the like the Stephen Lawrence Day story. Yeah. So when you see it, it seems really unrealistic and and weird, and it jumps out at you, right? But think about all the times on Coronation Street that you've you've seen people being sexist to each other. And it just, it's just part of the way that people speak to each other. And because you're so used to it, a lot of the times you don't even notice it's sexism. But it jumps out at me because I know I, I'm viewing it in a different way. So to yeah. people that are watching this who have experienced racism, that's they're not wise. watching it and going, oh, another racist story. They're just watching it going, yeah, that's what happens.
0: Yeah, can no, you see, what, I, can I you see, see from that perspective? Okay. I think
2: I think a lot of white people do get caught up in that thing of like, oh, why do they have to keep bringing it up all the time? Why do they have to keep talking about racism, blah, blah, blah? Like, Like, oh, I don't want to be lectured to. It's not even about that. It's about telling a story about someone's life. And if you're telling a story about a black family, they will involve talking about that.
1: Okay, okay. I see. Uh, no, no, that that makes sense. Because because
2: other prejudices are invisible to us because we're so used to experiencing them on a day to day basis, and it not really affecting us that much. That's what I think.
1: No, I think uh, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. Anyway, um, I just I just so... really
2: I just really think that I don't want people to dislike the babies because of these stories. And there's so much caught up and so much baggage in this, and people have so many opinions about stuff. It's really difficult. I know it's really difficult um, to navigate this and it's really hard to talk about it. And I'm also really scared to say the wrong thing because coming from a place of privilege, I don't really know what I'm talking about. And I don't want to talk on behalf or over people or about people
0: yeah.
2: or, or instead of somebody. But we we can only, we're a podcast with two white people. And so that's, make, that's the best as I can do.
1: Oh, you, 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 yeah, you come out of this, yeah. I, I think people.
2: It's not about no, but that's the oh, thing. Listen, listen, now. listen. No, no, no. It's not about who looks good and who looks bad, or shaming somebody for having the wrong opinion. And I said this before, and I hope that people have listened to what I said about shaming people about having the wrong opinion, or like everybody has to conform to thinking the same thing. It's okay if you if you have a different opinion, or you, but you have to listen to other people's perspectives as well, and you have to consider that you could be wrong. That's all. Everyone just needs to listen to each other. You don't even have to like what you hear. You have
1: made me think. Um,
2: that, this, but I this could be little... wrong. But I could be wrong. Somebody who's listening to this, there could be people of color, black people listening to this, who's going, "No, she's talking bollocks, this is rubbish." Actually, I'm fed up with, with these storylines. You know what I mean? I yeah. don't know. I'm talking on behalf of people, but I'm just... Again, the same the Same as with the Peter storyline. It is an issue storyline. It is something I haven't encountered. It's something that I'm trying to sympathise and talk about. But I'm going to get it wrong, probably. And so I hope that if you are listening to this and you have an opinion about it, I hope that you would write in and say it in a nice way and we can share your opinion, <laughs> you know, be polite and let's be fair and and have a conversation about it because it's conversation street.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: <laughs> anyway, this is a fracas with uh with Michael and the and the police officers gets Grace storming over and she's like, and, and before long he's let off because they realised that it wasn't him, it. him what done it. No, mm-hmm. so they go, and they didn't
2: even say sorry. They just went well on your way. Yeah.
1: So they they go home. They were really entitled, Michael. They, they were they were. They didn't have officer craigie doing that I, I just did, want, to I want to also say Craig look racist
2: that on the other on the other hand i did read a lot of comments on twitter probably from white people saying this is really bad crying the streets trying to make police look racist and incompetent and it's not helpful blah 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 that's just another perspective mm. not necessarily one that i agree with but everyone is going to have yeah,
1: I mean it I mean it ties in with the with the whole you know the uh, the black lives matter and all that from uh you know the the protest last year and everything. Oh, the old
2: it? black lives matter thing. Yeah, no. So 2020. No, I'm just saying it's relevant. Of course it's relevant. Michael police and how they talk and in in interact with the black community is like a massive issue.
1: Let's move on. I'm just saying thin It's things. okay. It's
2: okay. that You're not political. Uh, no, it's okay, not, really. not everybody is, oh. but it's because it doesn't affect you, that's why you don't have to worry
1: about it. Michael and Grace go home, and Michael says to Aggie, look, I'm, if Grace is moving away, I'm going with her, actually, because I want to... Oh, on Michael's
2: a, leaving with Grace. I want
1: to raise this yeah. kid, either here or there.
2: Hull.
1: Hull, yeah. I'd even go to Hull for her. And Aggie says, I'll Bye. go to Hull and back. She can stay. <laughs> Michael uh, then at the end of the episode presents Grace with this little baby scan. No. Yes.
2: Does, does he give her? Yeah. He gives yeah. her the baby scan. He's key got ring, this present, and everybody thinks he's going to propose to her. Yes.
1: Because it... he bigs
2: up this present little so much, she's really proud of it. With twelve
1: week scanning, she's over the moon. And no, then... this
2: was sweet, Michael, because the insinuation all along, I think, I, I think she might have wondered this as well, is he's bought her something elaborate and expensive, and the fact that it was just the scan, which would have cost under 10 quid, probably, to make this. But she was so happy and excited about it because it symbolised the importance of the baby to both of them. This was really sweet and a really important character moment for Grace to demonstrate that she's not being a gold digger. She's not trying to take advantage of him. She genuinely wants a relationship... With the three of them together, as a yeah. Family. I I don't
1: think at the moment there is any you know evil schemes from Grace. I'm not saying it won't happen in the future, Me, but I think, I agree she with you, think genuinely she at just moment. wants what is best for, <laughs> yeah. for the kid.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. And and they end up talking about um. Oh, isn't the world world awful at the moment? And um. But well, it's not so even many... that. But you they know, do. They say aren't, aren't people horrible? And yeah. And ho- and hopefully when this kid grows up, the world will be a better place. And.
2: But think about this, okay? So. The Stephen Lawrence Day was when was that happen? That was last year, yeah. And that was like I can't remember when that happened.
1: Was the spring sometime, wasn't it? I mean, it was during. It was it was delayed a little bit because it wasn't. No, but when
2: compared with the Black Lives Matter and and the George Floyd.
1: Oh, a few months before. Before. Yeah. So.
2: So that story, if you think back to it now, and you think about. What they were talking about in the scene, it's even more poignant because you had the black lives you had the stephen lawrence day um story where they were talking about racism and it was a really interesting discussion between t- different generations of of in a black family who've experienced racism in different ways, and how ed Ed was basically saying it's been a lot worse than this. you just got to let it slide off your back, and Michael was saying, "I don't want this." I don't and I don't want this for my kid who he thought was Tiana. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Then it you know it was bad enough and then it got even worse with the George Floyd thing and the Black Lives Matter where people were rising up together and saying this isn't acceptable anymore and then you had a backlash of people saying, "Oh, you know, what about me?" <laughs> What about my life why do you care about me oh you're getting. oh you guys you're writing why you know exactly you Mm. know there was a backlash against them saying just the simple thing of black lives matter that that should be a simple statement that everyone could agree with but no and and so you come back around now to january 2021 with michael um being confronted on the street by a cop saying you know you're you you fit the profile which by that i mean you're a black guy um and and then you have him come back and he's going to raise a black child in this society where he thought it's not really acceptable. And then it got worse
0: mm-hmm. from
2: that stage. And now, he, well now we're now here where we are now. Uh, have things improved? Are things going to get better? This is what you would be worrying about.
1: It all makes sense. Again, very wise job. And
2: it's not like this is the thing. It's not like it's not, not something that would be on your mind all the time. Mm. If you're Michael and Grace. Mm. Mm. Um, Just because it intrudes on your viewing experience, something, some experience that you never thought about before and you get confronted with it. You know, you, it's because it's the first time it's occur- occurred to you.
1: Mm. Um, Wednesday, Mike's, uh, Mike, Michael is back in the house, ready for Grace to come round. And she's barely in the room five minutes before she's telling Aggie she can't stand her tea. And what a, does
2: she do to it? I tell,
1: how can you go wrong?
2: I tell you what, Mon, leave, maybe one time, if
1: you leave the bag in too long, that can be. She a She could
2: squeeze the bag too much. I don't like that either.
1: Yeah, they do get these people who just leave the bag in the tea cup. Oh sorry yeah sometimes
2: I do that. <laughs> um, I wondered. like I remember one time I went around my friend's house and I always have sugar I used to have sugar in my tea and she didn't have any so she put lemon curd in it. Because she <laughs> lemon. <laughs> she put lemon in tea you put sugar in tea what is lemon curd if not a combination of the two and I was drinking this and I thought the milk had gone off <laughs> and she saw me and she like she delightedly said how's your tea and I was like it is it do you think it, is it I remember a, that story yeah and she's like I oh, put lemon curd in it I was like well I am not drinking anymore you knew you that does that's just
1: like what Aggie would do
2: yeah
1: um, anyway later on it all seems like they've made up and Aggie vows that number three will now be an oasis of calm <laughs> however later on when Michael's out of the room Aggie and Grace drop the act basically they still hate each other but they have at least agreed that while Michael's in the room they're going to play nicey-nicey
2: no, I think they say to each other I don't know how long we can pretend like this. I kind of liked this kind of um uh they, like they the enemy sh- of the, my enemy is my friend kind of weird like united against the guy who's trying to unite them. They tricked
1: me. I thought that they had actually made up and I was a bit disappointed. I was like saying, "Oh, I quite I quite enjoyed that antagonism between them and they've made up already, have like, they? That's a shame." But, so when they when, when the Susie left the room, they were like, no like, and they know, weren't it yeah. wasn't
2: even like they were kind of um like how you sometimes you get in a movie or something where like uh the croc the crotchety old lady will finally accept the ingenue as a as a a suitor for her nephew or whatever and they kind of like grudgingly agree to respect one another. It was literally like, you're a horrible old bag and you're a conniving little cow and I can't stand you. No, I can't stand you either. It wasn't, yeah. yeah, it was like they really hate each other. I love it so much.
1: I, I think that we're going to, like, Michael's going to walk in on Grace being vile to Aggie and oh, it's going to make him think twice about her. Yeah. Like, I can see that. Because he's, he's heard he's heard Aggie, you know, yes, really bad mouth yeah. Grace you it, know, in Aggie private. comes
2: across really badly here because Grace is always, like, trying to suck up to her.
1: Aggie's also supposed to be the grown-up as well, isn't she?
2: I know, but if you were, if you if you had a son and he'd been treated like that, you would be I vengeful. I know. know.
1: Why, why
2: would you? Why would you be nice? There to this seems woman? to be she's not dangerous. very much
1: sympathy for Aggie online.
2: No, really?
1: Yeah, and, and I think no. I I can see where she's coming from a little bit. I know that she is also, you know, the the mother-in-law from hell, but she's she's got a good reason. Similar, I guess, to to Ivy who was also, you know, Poison Ivy Brennan, but she had a very good reason for, you know, hating Gail and, and being upset and, and, and being difficult with the kids. And part of it was her religion, part of it was the fact that Brian died and we'd just been watching her, you know, in the wake of Brian's death on the DVDs and and got a lot of sympathy for her, haven't we? Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and, and I think it was the, the same thing that's making us feel sorry for her there is also triggering him for, uh, for old Aggie as well. I'm looking forward to this. I'm I'm interested to see where it goes, but you know, with the Bailey's, you never know whether it's gonna be off screen for two months and then whatever. But I mean there's a pregnancy. When's she due? Summertime? So
2: Yeah. I, I think Squeeze it out in September and then it'll be top of the class, that's what my advice is.
1: Right, let's move. We we, we, we are a long street taught this, but usually we finished by now. So let's it's because I've been on. waffling
2: on about things I don't know anything about.
1: Let's crack on with this Paul story where not much of note happened, and then it we will. It uh, is we'll Asher.
2: It is Kirk's thirty ninth birthday, and he is selecting his birthday guests because apparently they still have some rules in Coronation Street parallel universe. And Todd's name's been picked out of the hat. He can come to the birthday party. Hooray! Um Todd invites himself to Billy and Paul's speed dial meal and then
1: Yeah, he's not so keen to go to Kirk's birthday party. Unsurprisingly.
2: Is he? Um now I don't know how to pronounce this name anymore.
1: It is definitely RJ.
2: Because I think
1: I think maybe just we called him AJ before, but he was R J in the show. I don't know.
2: But I thought that Todd called him something completely different again. He's pronounced no, it slightly differently. I don't think so. Because I originally his name was Our
1: J. So it says our R J. J. Yeah,
2: but it's R J. Yeah, not Our J. No, R J.
1: Well, when they was first introduced, I thought oh, this is just the side character. It's going to be on one scene at the call center. It doesn't really matter what his name is. But actually, yeah, he keeps cropping up now. He's yeah, one they? of these
2: characters where you can pronounce the name in different ways, and it seems that everyone who's got a script hasn't agreed on how you're going to what, say it. Like Yasmin. Yeah, Yasmin. Yeah. <laughs> So he comes to speed dial and Paul and Billy aren't really... They don't know why he's there, honestly. They have a chit-chat about musical instruments and RJ wants to get rid of his piano. And Billy says, I used to play a piano. We don't have any space in our flat. And then on Friday, Todd convinces Paul that Billy would love to have the piano for his birthday because it's also his birthday as well as Kirk's birthday or something. When is his birthday? Paul gets the piano. And he reveals it to Billy. who's so, like, why have you bought a piano, you lunatic? Then Summer comes along and says, hooray, a piano. All teenage girls I'm love I'm surprised the Summer
1: didn't come in and go, OMG.
2: Oh, no piano in the street. Oh, my gosh. Can we have a? This is going to be it? amazing for my TikTok. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Billy starts playing because he's like, um, they're trying to get him on uh, uh, Masked Singer, probably.
1: He's already done a soap sauce. I wasn't saying Was it? I don't know. He's done something, hasn't he? Some reality TV. Look at Singing. me! I'm an awesome singer. I he can really, sing, really is. I can dance. Daniel Daniel Brockerman has got a good set of pipes on him. Jealous. And he he did get to prove that in today's episode. And he can episode. play the
2: piano. Talk comes I over. I was trying to
1: watch. I was thinking, is that Dan playing the piano? I'm not sure. And there were there were lots of scenes that you know how they do where they show somebody they show behind the, the, the piano and the hands are moving, and then they just show the hands. Do you know, I know thinking, what it
2: was? What? He was socially distanced from his hands. He
1: totally was socially distanced, <laughs> but then I think there was at least the, the bit where they were there in the flat and he was sitting there. I was thinking, oh, I think he is playing the piano there, but then maybe Michael, somebody's going to say, no, he wasn't. You're
2: not the only person who can I'm play. The piano. And can't
1: play the piano. You know, I can't play the piano anymore.
2: Well, I'm sorry, but I've got you one for your birthday.
1: <laughs> There's no room. <laughs>
2: Thank
1: goodness, a moving house. We'll
2: have to get a new house to fit our piano in. All right. Um, so, yeah, so he's playing the piano, and Todd that, comes that over. That piano
1: seemed to stay in the middle of Rosamond Street for quite a while in today's episode. I am concerned about the around it.
2: you would not want to be rolling a piano over cobbles, No, would you? <laughs> <laughs> Even I know that's not a good idea. So, um, so, Billy's playing, Todd comes over, they start reminiscing, and then... Todd's,
1: Todd's, Todd just keeps well, Billy, bringing things up in the right, past Paul's about wasn't there. it great when we were a couple.
2: Yeah, Paul's not there at this time, so it's just Billy and Todd. And so Todd's doing two things. He's reminiscing about old times, but he's also trying to put the needle in and going, you know what, I can't believe Paul bought you this um, when you said you didn't want want it. Billy catches on almost immediately. And when Paul comes over, um, Billy plays up how excited he is to sort of put Todd in his place. He's yes, like, have a, let's do a jig. Have a little
1: jig on the couples, don't they? <laughs>
2: And and Todd sort of goes curses and walks off.
1: Boiled again.
2: Um, Will starts ringing Paul and Billy gets upset
1: because he thought they'd and Will is that the kid, story. the
2: kid from the charity. He's not supposed to have his number, but um, the fake
1: one. He's not really. He's, he's not really a, he's a, a he's neglected an... child.
2: Maybe he is a neglected child and need a cash. He, is, he doesn't
1: have any cash. That's true.
2: So Paul Paul answers it, tries to put him off, and Will says, "No, you need to help me." And Paul says, I'm telling the charity about this for your own good. Hangs up. Um, turns out Will and Todd are there together. And Todd says, I've got one more thing you need to do for me. Which I assume is something horrible to the piano.
1: Yeah, smash it up. Um, yeah, he's going to go around and twiddle all the knobs. So they have to call in the piano tuner. <laughs> oh no. I don't know what this think one is. You piano thing
2: tuners are... are essential workers? Oh yeah,
1: definitely. Um, I don't know what Will is going to do. I don't want to speculate, but... I I mean, I guess it's going to play out next week. It's going to be
2: something... I can only imagine it's going to be something compromising. Yeah. Like, like leaning in or or sort of trying to get something dodgy going on, like maybe for a photo or so that Todd can come around the corner and go, oh, my goodness, mm. I must report this.
0: Will Paul and
1: Billy survive? Find out next week. <sighs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, we've finally reached... The Nina and Asher story, which um basically it's just fanning about in the um in the cafe, really, isn't it? Nina suggests that Asher get a job there because Deb's like, there's something not right about Asher. She's still pining over this whole Corey business and she's gonna basically, do badly in her really exams. Well she's just... already done badly in her exams. So Nina says she can come and do some, do some revision in here. I don't really see the cafe as being the best place to do exam revision. I certainly wouldn't manage it. Um, but anyway, Asha thinks that's an ace idea. She helps out behind the uh, the scenes a little bit, and it transpires as the episode goes on that maybe this little um, Nina and Asha shipping thing that the, the that many Coronation Street fans have been gunning for for the past few months is actually going to happen because there's one point where Nina is telling Roy, is it was it Deb? I think it was Roy. Just how ace. Um, Asher is and is listing all her awesome qualities and Asher's is doing a little coy little smile and is quite Aww. enjoying the compliment being paid to her not just because you know she needs people to tell her well done it seems that she's possibly There's got a, a little bit of a crush meaning. on nina she's
2: got a girl crush yeah um so this was something that has really been i think telegraphed for a while
1: it's not necessarily been telegraphed, but we, we we so far...
2: Nina's always had taken a special interest in Asha. And we thought it was just because they were going to be friends. And that thing, would have been fine with me. The
1: thing with Nina is that she has been seemingly completely, you know, asexual for the year that she's been in it so far. and There's well, not, not been them. a hint of any kind of interest in, you know... Boys, girls, whatever. She's just
2: Well, just because she doesn't go on about it like some people well, do. Well, I mean,
1: everybody does. If you're a if what you're a, a soap character, through? you're a Randy well, Bugger by nature.
2: They? No, they don't necessarily. Yes,
1: they are. They're always hopping in and out of bed with each other. And the, Not fact at that the Nina... age
2: that Nina is at, I think that she's, oh, she's, sort of... well, she's 18, nineteen.
1: I think she would be.
2: Alright, well I don't agree.
1: Um anyway, ne- just, yeah, so Nina the thing I guess the thing with this is 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 it you Know a two way thing, or is Nina literally just saying, You know, isn't Asha great and wonderful? Because she has been saying she, she's been going around Asha's house, she's been supporting her, she's been saying she's seen that she's suffered this past year and a half or so. Um, and it has she, it might be completely innocently, platonically, whatever, just trying to build up the um, the, the feeling of self worth, the self image of this poor girl. Um, and, and for whatever reason, Asha is now, you know, starting to go, ooh, she likes me, and is starting to develop maybe more romantic feelings. Or maybe, like you said, Nina has all this time, you know, been carrying a torch for Asha, I don't know.
2: I just assume that they are going to end up in a relationship together. Um. I don't, I... I wasn't excited about this because I don't find I just find in general that I don't relate to relationship stories and I'm not very good with the you know the steamy like pashing and going in cupboards and taking each other's tops off I just don't I find it
1: Roy's gonna walk in on them at some point, yeah. isn't he? And he's gonna be very awkward about it.
2: And I think they do it way more. I mean, the the very famous, very famous Rana and um, Kate scene of them in the back of the van when. Oh
1: yeah. Who um, was it that caught them, then?
2: Was, <sighs> it, was it Ryan? Dan. Oh, it was it Dan. Came and found them. Uh, or did he? No, no, no. He didn't. He them. didn't. They. Well, I think
1: it was Ryan.
2: Well, um, I just well, don't. I don't like that bit. I don't. I I would be. Um, I think it's it would be great if they did have um, a relationship, but I want to skip through the. I just want to skip through the, the boring bit. Like I hated, I hate like when um, it, when Peter and Avi were kissing each other, and I just don't like the kissing and the the, the the grouping. I just find it boring. I just, it doesn't matter who's doing it. it to, to me, it doesn't.
1: I'd be kind of interested in a way to see. Oh,
2: would you? What. <laughs>
1: Yeah, for scientific purposes, obviously. <laughs>
2: Need to investigate.
1: Because Nina has, you know, she's a very, very different kind of person. She's not the, you know, the norm. Mm. Mm. I'd be interested to see her in kind of the throes of passion because it seems so unlike her. And, and Asha... Yeah,
2: because i tell you why. It's because she's very chill, isn't she? She
1: is totally chill. And you can't
2: imagine her getting super passionate about a person... No, but she will have to, and I don't want her to. This is she might not be, it might be just kind of nice and sweet, it might be just chill. Yeah, I don't want her, I don't want their personalities to get subsumed into the story of their, their kind of relationship. Um, that would be that would be um disappointing to me because I find both of them really interesting as individuals, and there's always a risk that um, a couple the story turns into a relationship story, which are pretty much all the same. Mm. But I will say, the promising thing is that I think, apart from perhaps a few initial kind of ooh from Dev, I think everyone's going to be super supportive, and I hope that this would be a rather unproblematic relationship that's not about lesbians versus the the world, because Coronation Street hasn't done... I
1: can't be dealing... If this is another Kana...
2: No, I don't think this is what I'm Please hoping no. for. Because yeah,
1: can yes, it the, just be the, normal. Yes,
2: the fan base was really toxic. But the relationship also was problematic and the the fan base didn't seem to understand that And the it's problem,
1: not the, whole the problem. The problem was
2: n- well, I'm talking about the toxic parts of the fan base yeah. that that seemed to not get what the story was about. Um, I would like to see a story an unproblematic lesbian relationship where everything's cool and fine and nobody's having a go at them and they can just, in peace, get on with having a relationship and it's no different to any other couple. Do you think that... And uh... that's the thing. That's the thing about the Kana relationship is that it was just fraught with constant um, disapproval from everybody and it was like everybody versus them. And it just became very messy, and um, people were getting mad at, at people they're for down. not enjoying it or liking it and acting as though that was the same as not approving of lesbians. Mm. And it's not that that's not the case at all.
1: I think that if I mean, we're making massive jumps Please. to conclusions, I think it's
2: fairly obvious. It, it
1: seems like it. they're, they're flagging it. If I think not,
2: that... I think I don't know whether they both fancy each other, but if only one of them fancies each other, I'm still gonna say it's not apparent to me which one it is yet.
1: Because a- I Asha think Asher was blushing be...
2: and happy when Nina was complimenting her. She was,
1: and and that's that's the unusual one because it's another case of this is go- is this going to be a story where somebody who's shown no, you know, leanings towards um, relationship with the same sex suddenly develops those feelings? Is she still, you know, no? Young that's not the and... case.
2: You're right. It's n- it's because she's young and she doesn't perhaps know what her feelings are. So it's a bit. It's not the same as what happened with Tracy. No, no, no. Where no. suddenly she's like, tra- oh, I've been, uh, this is me all along. Yeah,
1: uh, and and they didn't make as big a thing about it for Rana. I mean, there was, there was about like, oh, our family wouldn't understand and everything, but it, it it would make sense for Asha, but I still think that there's there's bound to be scenes where Dev and Ardi actually are quite taken aback by it and they're surprised by it. And I, th- I would hope that they would understand quickly. I think, I think if yeah, anyone's also, going to, out of the two of them, have a problem with it, I think maybe Hardy. I think yeah, he's, he's got really, some brooding yeah. kind of...
2: He's He's got the same thing that I didn't like about... Um, I can't remember who it was now. It was some of the brothers on the show where they're like, you can't be sexual, you're my sister. I can't yeah, that, who it was.
1: that was, that was uh, Zidane and Alia you're thinking of. Mm. I'm, I'm sure it was.
2: Yes, it's right. Yeah, you're right. He was
1: policing. Yeah, everybody. it's like,
2: yeah, that I, I think it's creepy. But I also think that it seems like some people fall really easily into, like, they they think that they're a sheepdog and their sister is a sheep and they've got to herd them somewhere away from the nasty wolf yeah. boys. Now, in I, this case, wolf girls. Yeah,
1: so I think that there's a possibility that that's going to happen with you, But Deb, I think because Deb thinks that he is so cool, he's going to be, he's oh, going to be taken back and he's going to, hey, yes, yes. Well, Love he's
2: going to be yeah. like, he's going to be like the, the man version of Sally. Like my, my daughter, she's a lesbian. Yeah, yo. totally. Isn't she? Sally, me hey, and, you. Sally, and you will yeah.
0: say, <laughs> <laughs> Italians, <isn't laughs> but,
2: then, but then Sally will be like, well, my daughter's also a Christian.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: yeah, it, it could be interesting. Um,
2: I'm <laughs> uh. i am kind of in my mind picturing Corey's
1: going to come back and probably think it's gross I want I've, them I've, both I've, to kill
2: him and bury him I don't think currently. we've seen the
1: last of Corey I, um, but it wouldn't surprise me if, if I mean, because Nina has shown no signs either way of any kind of sexual persuasion it's like yeah whatever
2: but you know people yeah I'm just saying like um, I think sometimes you might listen to what we say and think that we don't understand that some people are bisexual or that your sexual preferences can change time. oh yeah time. I mean
1: that's definitely possible, is
2: not so's totally un- understand and i'm on bo- board with that just for the record um, and I am really kind of in my mind i've started to run amok with the idea of them of like ashi a- ashi mm-hmm. asho and Nina and by the way everybody needs to think of a shipping name for them so just so, yeah it's when you 've got when you 've got Minasha. a good one um I am just imagining how okay. the the sort of okay, I know series of crazy weird and kooky gothic presents that Nina will present to um to Asha and I can almost imagine her like a cat like here there's a dead bat i have taxidermy for you and Asha's going oh, oh i love I've it i've always wanted a, a dead rodent on my wall thank you so much oh,
1: yeah, yeah the the one thing that i still uh, that i hope out of this is because Asha has been very um she was very hesitant about going to bed with Corey. Mm-hmm. What I I don't want it to be a case of oh she didn't she wasn't like that because she was, you know, not willing to jump into bed with the first person. She wasn't doing it because she respects her body or anything. She was doing it because she didn't love guys. She she wasn't attracted to men, you know what What are I mean? you trying to say? I think you... that I quite I quite respected her for for standing her ground and saying no. Just because I'm 16, right. it doesn't mean I'm going to you know just spread my legs for anybody. Michael, Thank you very calm much. Calm
2: down a little bit. Uh, I know what you're trying to say. I don't want
1: it to be because oh, actually, actually, I'm into you, Nina.
2: But that would be okay. Pants down. But listen, that's acceptable. But what you're saying, I think. Is what we've said before about other characters, like for ex- I think Sinead was like this a bit more, where you have a character who's kind of reserved and and re- refrains from something, and then it turns out that it's like they're we're all being lectured about how much of a prude they were being, and then they change for the better. Do you know?
0: Yeah.
2: So same with Alia, I guess, where it's like anytime somebody's like, well, I'm not gonna drink, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna have sex before marriage or something. It's like Coronation Street's like, oh yeah. Let's see about that. Mm. But it would be um totally uh what's the word? Within keeping of the character, that she would she would be nervous if she was actually mm. a lesbian and she didn't realise it and she didn't want to sleep with Corey. I know what you're saying, but I think you you gotta be careful what you say.
0: Oh. Okay. I know what you're
2: saying. <laughs>
1: okay, i yeah,
2: But but she would be scared and Perhaps uncomfortable, and maybe think that this is what everybody's like. But her feelings are slightly different about it. But, I mean, she it doesn't realize. Yeah, I mean, it and
1: did she, kind of feel that last because it wasn't it Amy that fancied Corey at first, and maybe maybe there was a little bit of uh, Asher kind of going along with it because you know all all the girls at school have fancied Corey. So well, I, she could
2: be bisexual as yeah,
1: well. Yeah, she she could, but I suppose as you know, in in Coronation Street, where you know they they don't even they, there's been no bisexual characters apart from Paula, I suppose. Well, there have been bisexual
2: characters, but they always say something irritating, like, oh, I don't see gender or something, where they basically erase the existence of bisexual people by saying, like, I'm not in love with with the person's genitals, I'm in love with the person. Like, Marcus, I'm not a gay man who's... I'm not a bisexual man, I'm a gay man who happens to be sleeping with a woman. It's like, that's that's fine, but also, Coronation Street, you can have bisexual characters sometimes. You can have one, you couldn't put one in there, yeah, because they're really not represented very well
1: no no they're, 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 yeah, they're and really and it not. is
2: it's is the case that a sexuality is almost kind of an individual thing with people
0: mm.
2: so so yeah mark the existence of markers, certainly you know I don't have a problem with it, but I do have a problem with the fact that they had an opportunity to represent a bisexual character, and they no, didn't, didn't didn't no, take it. No. So, so I'm, um, I'm
1: looking forward to this because literally because I think both of the characters are fantastic. I mean, I would have been I, I absolutely would, fine with them just being friends. Uh, you're right; the whole you know, lovey-dovey, steamy relationship kind of story isn't necessarily my bag. But we don't know if it's going to go that way. It could be very sweet. It could be just like you know, it could let's be a go bit back like watching Seven together. And yeah, yeah. Exactly. But they were just exactly. really sweet and uh, not
2: not necessarily physical.
1: Yeah, um, so it's oh.
2: not, and it's again. In case anyone's, because I know people listen to this to take offence at everything that we say. It's not about people being gay and being like, "Ooh, icky, icky." I don't like that. It's literally, I've said, I've said this about straight couples. I don't like watching it. It's just kind of important. don't find it unnecessary. <laughs> I really liked it in the old days when you'd see the people go in bed. And then you turn the camera away, and like the when the curtains would billow, and then you sort of go, like "Well, that. they they've done something unspeakable
0: with one another. <laughs> we
2: don't need to say anything else." <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, no, no, I, I think we are on the same page about that. One. I am. Um, the the only thing of I will prudes. say
2: is that good, um, good to have. Uh, it would be really good to have a lesbian couple with an un- unproblematic relationship. It would be great. um, They can go back and perhaps think about some of the criticism that was levelled at them by some people about the Karna relationship and why did people not like what they did with it. Don't try to titillate people and don't provoke people, especially with with social media posting. And I know it's really tempting to be clickbaity about it, but that's what went wrong. And I really am also want to say that I'm concerned about the possibility of how much toxic nonsense the actresses will have to deal with, inevitably. I well, I know. And what this, is what, this is what upsets me, yeah. Because these are both young girls who are go- who are both on Twitter and, I think, Instagram. Um,
1: um, yeah, T- uh, Tanisha's more Instagram. She's on Twitter, but she does more but, Instagram. I think, I think, actually, Molly's more Instagram as well.
2: I would not be surprised, and I would say almost, probably a good idea... If this is where it's going, deactivate your accounts. Don't go on the internet because you're going to have you're going to have first of all you're going to have people perving over you, grown men perving over you who are is really inappropriate. Well, predatory people of all genders coming at you, and you're also going to have toxic fan base stuff, and you're going to have people that are going to find fault with every single decision and storyline direction that Mm. it goes in because one of the things that carna fans didn't like was when the couple faced any kind of adversity whatsoever not really thinking about the fact that in order to be have a scene you have to justify it with a story and the story when it comes to relationships is almost always to do with conflict Mm. we've spoken about this and it's not just gay couples that go through this it's every couple and that's why coronation street relationships are problematic and often short-lived yeah
1: yeah, I'm. They, they do a very good. job We know, we know that they will have them. They'll sit them down and they will talk them through. I know this. that they whenever really anyone supported... joins Coronation <clears throat> Street, they have Ali Sinclair. I'm certainly not going to bash. Them, you know, watch suggest... out for this, that, and the other. I'm
2: not going to say anything about the the provision of support that is provided to the actors because I'm certain that they do their utmost. From but what I've heard, given given what I have seen happen and how. And how much I know the internet, I am just gonna say that be prepared, yeah, for an i unpleasant unpleasant people coming out of the woodwork. Because apart from all the pervs and the like, toxic fan base s- possibilities, you are also gonna get the homopho- homophobes coming out as well, mm. and you are also probably gonna get the racists because you've got. A girl who's an who, uh, Indian heritage and a white girl, and you're gonna also get the people going. Mm, oh, I gosh, want the PC yeah. brigade coming out with the mixed race lesbian couple. What's next?
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: You know that I did. I'm just really worried about it because they both seem really sweet and lovely. I know. I love. The and characters. I don't want to see I either of them of chased them. away. And I just hope that they, yeah.
0: Mm.
1: I know, oh, no, we a know. really bad way I mean, to end this this time next week we'll have a bit more of an idea won't we because I think there was the, the first you know, inklings of it in today's episode and it feels like this is going to carry on next week and maybe by this time next week one will have expressed their feelings to the other at least, mm. I think and, the, and Dev will maybe even know about it, Or
2: do you think they will try and keep it secret for a bit? Oh, it would be exciting for them if they did yeah. I don't know
1: um right I'm just
2: thinking I'm just yeah, this could be really this could be a really good fun a really good fun story, but I am worried about the
1: yeah. Internet no, 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 totally, fun. totally. Right. This is like super, super long street talk we've done today. I
2: can't believe this is like mega, mega, mega long. Look at that. You're making it longer. Right so who um, is your character of the
1: week? Um uh, oh gosh, um is it is it I think it's probably Debbie I'm yes, gonna Debbie. say. Or is it Ken?
2: Because also we noticed her earring game is strong.
1: Oh, my God. It's always been strong, Zig, but Zigg earrings, noticeable. fantastic this week.
2: She, her, her style. she I had know her Holy people, Hand Grenade
1: earrings on the other day, didn't she? They looked fantastic.
2: Very Vivian
1: Westwood. I I, you know, back in the day when people used to send, you know, yeah. posts for characters, like yeah. flowers or, or, or whatever, yeah. I kind of want to pick out the, the biggest, chunkiest pair of dangly earrings and send them to Corrie and say, please, can Debbie wear these? Just so I can look out for them on the show. Um, I think... I think probably it is. I think I'm going to go for Debbie. Yeah, I think Debbie definitely.
2: She's one of the most interesting.
1: Yeah. People. Um, As for score. Uh, like I said the, oh, the was Peter and...
2: we, had, we had a bit of a, a seizure today didn't we We, we had, we had the, the seizure was good today,
1: today's episode was the strongest one for me like I said earlier funny some of the Peter and Carla stuff did leave me cold earlier in the week talking about it it actually felt it was quite good really but I want to know felt... I just
2: want to quickly ask if you're if you're from a d- different country where funny means something different or doesn't mean anything at all I don't think there is a country where funny isn't funny <laughs> when you listen to it do you think um,
1: France I think that funny is a normal name. Is it? I think it is.
2: Right. So when you listen Bony. to it, do you go to yourself? Oof. They're saying bum, ha ha ha. Or do you go? In In England, that means that means vagina.
1: Um.
2: <laughs> That's what I want to know.
1: What What's my score? What's my score? Um. I'm going to say that this was a, a four. Better than you reckon a four. I'm gonna I'm gonna go less. I'm gonna say three and a half bags of gammy leg flavored crisps <laughs> out of five for this week for me. Mine
2: is four d- DS doodars. Four
1: DS doodars for Gemma. Lovely. Oh
2: God! Can you believe that we've? This is why it's nearly three hours long because we've spoken about addiction, alcoholism, suicide, racism, racism and homophobia, <laughs> and the depiction of lesbian this characters is in Coronation Street and and internet um fan base. this is like the most controversial episode that we've ever done this is like if people don't complain about this then i can say anything
1: (laughs) (laughs) let's move on and do some news right time for the news wasn't that long street talk i don't know i don't know why that ended up going so long this week all the issues but luckily
2: i hate talking about issues Gemma's worried
1: that people are going to write in and complain
2: I always get sick and you never do. <laughs> That's because
1: I'm just an idiot and people just say, don't, <laughs>
2: don't, don't say. kick
1: the stupid dog. He doesn't know what he's <laughs> oh, talking no. about. Just a doofus.
2: It's fine. I just.
1: I just go along with whatever.
2: I just apologise. Let's it's do. It's good that
1: you've got opinions. See Malcolm, um,
2: he- let's talk about uh, Malcolm, Malcolm Hebden, really Hedden. sad news.
1: Yeah, this was about a week ago that we heard about this and it actually broke. Um, Midway through us recording last week's podcast, and it missed the news section of it. Didn't, yeah. although we m- mentioned it later on in the podcast earlier or whatever, uh, because we recorded out of order. But we're actually recording in order today, which means it's oh half past twelve as we we're recording this. But yes, Malcolm Hebden has sadly retired. I say sad, but I mean I say good on him. He had his he had his heart attack a couple of years ago, didn't he? And he's been. Um, he's had a couple of brief appearances on Coronation Street since there was the Stillwaters story um early last year then he was back for the VE day he's he's been on and off and it's been lovely seeing Norris back again mm-hmm. but um the way that they left it with him running Stillwaters Waters pretty um, satisfying
2: committee, ending. at least at least he has an ending rather than yeah that. I'm going to it felt or Right, or it felt
1: it felt right. Or, or just yeah, I'm just going to visit Emily. I'll be back. Yeah. But then he never actually is. I mean, I feel yeah, he he has got a quite fitting send off to Read be honest.
2: The quote.
1: I absolutely adored playing Norris, and I was pleased to be able to return briefly after my operation says Malcolm it took a great deal of courage to make the decision to retire but i had come to realize that although the mind was willing the body was not so much and spoke- i hope oh, i just want
2: i just want him to know that he did enough like i don't want him to ever think that um he didn't like he bowed out and yeah, he, did let, he let, down. let people down no way norris cole was on the show for many years and entertained us so much it it was a pleasure to watch him, and it is nice to imagine that he is enjoying his retirement. I hope he does, and I hope he doesn't have regrets about leaving the show because he's left behind a big body of work and uh, has a very special place in the hearts of Coronation Street fans and like in in British pop culture in general. So yeah, I, yeah. I
1: agree, and and he's absolutely right that the health is yes. most important. You don't want to be you know run himself to the ground. Um, I mean, uh, we've also got a quote here from an ITV spokesperson who said Malcolm made the decision to retire and leave the show during the summer of 2020 for health reasons. While Malcolm enjoys his retirement at home, Norris will reside at Stillwater's off screen and will continue to be referenced in scripts. That's great. And as long as we've still got Rita there, Norris is going to get mentioned. I can't imagine that he's going to be name dropped, you know, every other (laughs) week or anything like that. But um, he's still yeah living it up. With uh, with Frida and Claudia and when she's not on her cruise.
2: If you're listening to this going, well, this is a bit weird. How come they're not doing a bigger deal about the fact that Norris isn't in it anymore? Why aren't they doing a profile or like a special section? We have go to YouTube where we've re-uploaded an older character profile that we did of Norris. From
1: episode 48.
2: And we have updated it with a bit more information and we talking, we talk about Malcolm Hebden's retirement there. So if you're interested in hearing a bit more about him and you want to celebrate the life of Norris Cole on Corrie, that's where you've got to go, to it's our about, YouTube it's channel. It's about an
1: hour worth of Norris there, isn't there's, it? About half an hour worth of stuff from the first character profile yeah. then another half an hour of new material that we just recorded yeah. the other day. Somewhere. And we also
2: talk about his first character that he played on Coronation street and if you want to know more Uh, about that you need to go and listen to the the um the profile
1: yeah it's on youtube it's easy to find
2: next piece of news is tuesday on itv so whatever date that is going to be
1: second of feb
2: um joanna lumley is going to be in a documentary called home sweet home which is a tour of the uk including a stop off on coronation street
1: yeah so this is This is another fairly slow news week on Coronation Street. So, Joanna Lumley doing a documentary gets second billing here. But she is going to go to Coronation Street. Obviously, she played that character in the 70s whose name um, eludes me at the moment.
2: I think her name was Fanny Winifred (laughs) Cage.
1: Fanny Lumley. Um, (laughs) And she's going to be there with with Will Roach. And it's, it'll be nice. I'm sure we won't watch it. But if if, (laughs) you're. I do like a bit of Lummers.
2: I do like a documentary Lumley, but only when she's talking about cats.
1: I might record it and fast forward to the Coronation Street bits, to be fair. Um, Oh, Elaine Page was what the character was called. Oh, page? No, Elaine can't be. That's
2: not right. Was it? Elaine Page is somebody else. You look it up. I'm going to tell everybody about Faye Brooks. No, I was just going to say... um... (sighs) Okay, you haven't. Faye Brooks came top of the leaderboard in Doi. Uh, this last week on ice. she yeah. skated to "Lover" by Taylor Swift, and she got seven point five eight eight eight. And she had, she apparently, um, oh, she got in trouble about something on um, Instagram. Well, yeah, yeah,
1: she she posted some some. Who'll look at me with my products that I've got. I'm going to use them when I'm on Dancing on Ice or something like that. I yeah. don't know. I didn't see this because it's been deleted since. But um, ITV don't like um, their name being. The, the name of dancing on ice being used alongside um, promotional, promotional tweets, so she was made to take those down. But yeah, she did a jolly good job. I watched her routine afterwards, like I said last week in the podcast. We didn't sit and, and watch it, but I watched the routine. It was a nice slowy. She was very graceful, um, and oh, she's and she is, a dancer, she's a hot she? favorite. But she she is the, the the thing with um the thing with this is um she
2: what get on with it. You're trying to read. Joanna I'm on the to entry read in and, and Elaine
1: Perkins, by the way. So yeah, it's I was not Elaine. Right <laughs> I got that uh, Elaine P. Um, the, thing the, great, P the, 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 the thing with the they used to call her. The thing with the the characters, the dancers that do really well on this thing at the beginning have got to maintain or you know improve over the course. If you come in as being a bit naff and then you make great progress, you really got to play it go, smart. Yeah,
2: and you also can't come in and go, oh, yeah, I'm trained as a I still, she, gonna say, she's got to be getting ten
1: soon to stay in it.
2: It's cheating. End of story. Let's do feedback.
1: No, you said you wanted to talk about the fact that there's no Britain's Got
0: Talent this oh, yeah. year.
2: Yeah, probably a bit harsh to call it favorites a cheater, but honestly, <laughs> dancing on ice, if you're already dancing, it's not that different on ice. I'm, I can't believe you that it's We, we can't. We and have a non-transfer... Said it's, dancing on the floor and dancing on the ice, transferable skill.
1: We have complained in previous years when people have gone up against the likes of Lisa George, Jane Danson, who have been when their competitors have been trained dancers so it would be hypocritical of us not to say the same about Faye but I still wish her well I still hope she wins go Corrie but
0: yeah, you'd it's not. It's pull not even. Stop, no, it's
2: not. It's not even that. It's like, oh, you shouldn't be allowed to do it if you dance. Just don't try to lie to me and pretend that it, you can't transfer the skill of <laughs> dancing to dancing on ice. A program that's called Dancing on Ice.
1: Well, we haven't. You've seen You've got the one of the elements of it, so we don't already know. done. You we can don't already know where, do what at she least said about half that. of it. I would like to see as one of her. It's routines, not. It's not the
2: people. It's the people on the internet that annoy me.
1: I want to see her dressing up in full-on Princess Fiona garb because that's what she did, isn't yeah. it? She was. She oh, was yes. uh, Sh- Shrek's Fiona on stage before she was in Corrie and a bit of, um, a, bit of a dance to we a Shrek we got to do song. this quickly. That's it for the news.
2: No, you said things what? been cancelled. Oh, yeah.
1: There's no Britain's Got Talent this week, everybody. It's been Not announced this, week, this no. year. Does that mean no Britain's Got Talent week on Coronation Street? Maybe. Yeah,
2: this is only significant because usually Coronation Street and other ITV shows coordinate their like special week so that everybody's glued to ITV all day, Long
0: in that <laughs> and, one um, week at the end of and, May,
2: and so they make a big special event in Quarry. That means that there's kind of an, an anchored possibility that you know perhaps something different might happen in a different week, yeah. But
1: then again, it might not because yeah. Britain's Got Talent Weeks have already been decided at this point. I mean, we're coming yeah, into February true. now, it's they would be filming Britain's Got Talent Week in you know, late April, late March, early April. So they're, they're not going to make decided. huge changes, although they have had this two weeks of no filming where they get they their head it. together to say, what well, what are going to do Maybe they then? were like,
2: well, we had to do this for Britain's Got Talent Week. Like, now we don't have <clears> to do <throat> it. But
1: equally, they, I'm, I'm sure the writing would have been on the wall for Britain's Got Talent yeah, for quite mean. a while at this point, so it's not like it's going to be brand new to the Corrie bosses. But I think, you know, for the momentum of the programme, it wouldn't surprise me if they, still, if they did something big that week anyway and just had it at the normal slots. When you, right if you're have, Feedback you, time that's, that's what I think anyway
2: <laughs> We've got to hurry up Feedback time Feedback time Sorry I cut you off Michael That woman is so rude On that Conversation Street <laughs> podcast Average score on the Facebook group Was 3.96 last week Very high Well done everybody Shauna gave it four Unpopular cream horns Pat gave it four Forest <laughs> that said. Forest munchers Forest, <laughs> forest <laughs> munchers Oh my
1: gosh That sounds very rude
2: Oh, I was thinking of like a troll eating eating moss. What were you thinking? <laughs>
0: <laughs> me me, too, me forest, too. Forest murmurs.
2: <laughs> I gave it four. Forest murmurs and Mara gave it four lingering close-ups of a Pomeranian's face. Which Tell is what—that's what, That's one what of the this most,
1: week was missing. Yeah, Tinkerbell.
2: One of the most poignant-looking dogs, uh, apart from chowers, of course.
1: Yeah. yeah. Right, can we just slow down a little bit? I know we did have a long street tour, but it doesn't mean that this has got to be, you know, You feedback never let me You never let me
2: go through these things fast. You never let me. I'm
1: thinking of our listeners. Some of these some of our listeners probably listen to this podcast at double the speed. I wouldn't blame them considering the length of it. They've forgotten to the topic. greeting we're from the colony. telling it, them, Michael I mean.
2: and Gemma had a few thoughts as I was driving and listening to, listen to your right podcast. Now. I was wondering Stop about Johnny's prison sweatshirt. He was wearing baby blue. If I remember
0: oh. I've covered I it up I see how
2: quickly I could come on, read Jay's email.
1: Jay, greetings the colonies hello michael and Gemma. i had hello. a few thoughts as i was driving and listening to your podcast
2: don't drive faster when i speak faster
1: i was wondering about johnny's prison sweatshirt i haven't read this email by the way it's literally just come in and i'm i'm intrigued he's wearing baby blue if i remember correctly when david was in that cell he wore gray gary is wearing green are they color coded for their crimes no so is black Really, really bad. I don't
2: think you're. And Johnny's
1: baby blue is for lesser crimes. He doesn't look good in light blue. He should maybe shank someone and get moved to a better. I do like
2: the energy of of working I think that's a
1: fantastic idea. It's like the belts in karate. Is it?
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I I don't know why there are all these different colours, but um, I hadn't noticed When Yasmin was in prison, she had a different colour because she was on remand. And that means that you're waiting for your trial to take place, but you're still housed with the other prisoners. But you have more rights. You can well, do we have both
1: seen Orange is the New Black, and know that orange in America is the colour that they put the new prisoners in, and then they give them the normal brownie grey ones oh. after they've they've stayed in there for a while. But I think it'd be a bad idea to say, yeah, these these wimpy criminals in the light blues. Everybody, target them, please. <laughs> you these
2: know? are the paedophiles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do not. I don't. I think it's a bit taboo. To, um, I think that when you go price. to a
1: prison, you know, you get your strip search and everything, you get your fingerprints done, you go to the stylist and they say which colour suits you best. They
2: do your colours? Yeah. Okay, no, that's not what happens. And also, just to be clear, um, prisoners like the paedophiles and other vulnerable prisoners. Um, will be housed in a completely different section. And and um, sometimes prisoners get put into that section for reasons other than sexual crimes against children. And they actually really object to it because they don't want to be put into the same section because then they get targeted Mm. we, we talked brush. about this when we went on the prison tour of the oh, prison yeah. that they filmed the prison riots that David was involved in in Coronation Street which is in Shrewsbury and the, the prison guard tours there are really really good because they'll tell you lots of stuff about how prisons actually work so if you're ever in if you're in the UK and you ever get the chance to go there I definitely would recommend it because they are really knowledgeable and it Opened my eyes stuff. about lots of stuff that I didn't really know anything about. Yeah. But no, you, I, 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 don't, I don't even know if they're supposed to re- reveal information about, about the crime. What are you think, in for? Th- no, but tell Officially, I don't think they're supposed to say. But I don't know. I think I, I think they can work it out, mm. can't they?
1: <laughs> you look like a paedophile.
2: <laughs> oh, I think we're saying paedophile too much.
1: Um. Anyway, if he was given a a colour depending on you know. I would have thought as a Connor, he'd just be naturally given the black ones. Or was that just the women? I don't know.
2: I think he gets, a, he gets just like a sort of a rainbow one of like swirls and clouds and mysterious kind of like, you know, the prison prism and a unicorn. Like one of those like 80s um, T-shirts. And, and it's just to depict the fact that it was a soap related crime <laughs> that was incredibly complicated and mysterious.
1: Really, really was. Where's Scott anyway? Is he in the prison with Johnny?
2: What has happened to I don't him?
1: know. Has he gone to a different
2: one? Maybe they separated him like naughty boys.
1: Um, Jay continues. That was only the first paragraph, everybody. <sighs> I have tried to like New Summer, but I just can't. <laughs> Summer. Aww. This is some really poor casting. Aww. She comes off looking like a college kid who hangs out with the high schoolers just to have friends. The age gap between her and the other young actors on the show is just too obvious. I'm sure she would be a wonderful actress in a different role, but for her, the role of Summer is not. Working, a uh, commonly, um,
2: this isn't yeah. opinion. Um, I am starting to feel really bad for a the harriet. actress Now, I don't say that I, I don't disagree with some of the criticism. I just think it's I bad. Think... I just think it's bad timing, and it also feels like the script isn't helping. Not that it's not that it has a responsibility to, but it's. You know what, I'm trying to get uh, around things, but um, yeah, I, I don't think it's fair to judge yet, so I'm going to say let's give her a, a while I, to I, a set, I, like. I'll
1: give her a while, I will give her a while, but I mean, it is patently obvious that it could have been cast in a more um, easy to believe. Way, oh God, I just forget it. Yeah, I know what you're saying, Jake. Um, I'm also tired of hearing that if Peter has one more drink, it will kill him. <laughs> I'm ready to order him a pint myself. Oh, just no. put us all out of our misery and have a drink. <laughs> no. he, he has, he has. Maybe we can find a way to help rejuvenate the street and get rid of other characters who are just taking up space on the end credits. Never. Peter has that last drink while taking a last look at Coronation Street before it gets bulldozed. He takes a drink and falls from the rooftop dead. He lands on Corey, who is talking to, da- who is, yeah, talking talking to, to Daisy. Daisy, and they're both killed instantly. Blimey, Daisy? Can't give her a chance, Jay. With that on the show, that has been three times more watchable.
2: <laughs> I really love these. I love the like, brutally honest, sarcastic emails, even when I don't necessarily agree with them, because um, I think sometimes I get so caught up in like, worrying about what people are going to think. I think that... Da- you really you're entitled to any opinion about this, as long as you're not mean about actual people. You can you can hate a character, it's totally fine. That's what the show's about. You should be free to like say, yeah, kill Corey, rip him to pieces, have a bulldozer and mash him to Daisy
1: shreds. New Summer and R. Kelly are three characters who are definitely in the camp of I, I I I don't really love them at the moment, but I'm willing to give them a go. And I think Daisy's the one that I most want to do well out of this. Yeah, I really think... But equally, think... she could be the one that could irritate me the most out of all of them, because she's a very I... fiery, you know... I'm
2: really intrigued by the fact that she has. she's another one of these characters that's been introduced with no plot, which makes me think that they're long-terming her. Yeah, very often when a character is not around for a long time, they'll come in strong with like one track story that is has a beginning, middle and end. And then they'll go like Nikki. And, you know, they're not destined to be around for very long because every scene they're in is so focused around them. Whereas Daisy has just been in the background sort of, you know, being colourful character. So I I think, you know, she's in it for the long haul. (laughs) If you think she's going to die anytime soon. I'm sorry, but you're going to be disappointed.
1: Okay. As for Corey, though, I mean, I think we haven't seen the last he's of Corey, especially got, if this Asher and Nina romance locked. is going right. the way it is like it's going. But yeah. Um, lastly, says Jay, as I've said before, I like Kelly. Oh, speaking of which. Sure, she is a bit player. I thought <laughs> he said, sure, she's a bit of a player. <laughs> but she has more layers than some of the full-time characters, like Alia, Maria, Chesney and the Baileys. Really? I don't know about her and Cy si getting together. Why would you ever want to hook yourself to the Barlow family? That's like buying a ticket on a burning bus that's headed for a cliff. <laughs> Run hard At and least fast, Kelly. you know Kelly. you'll be in
2: a story. <laughs>
1: Besides, she's going to make a great foster baby for Imran and Toya. And yes, I'm still waiting for that. <laughs> e- everybody tells us that everybody Kelly is, is amazing. Yeah, I hate her. I don't hate her, but I just don't see the appeal yet. I really, I, I really don't. And I'm I think it's waiting. partly I'm just hung up on this... Lingering Rick Nealon's story, and it's she's kind of like a a side mm. part to that. And it, every time Kelly rocks up, it's like, yeah, what's going on with Rick Nealon? I'm a bit, that's been you know coming up to two years now that he's been six feet under. Let's let's call it a day.
2: She she wears a grey jumper, doesn't she, Kelly?
1: She's yeah, you know, yes.
2: So every time I see her, like glossy hair. Really well presented, very pretty, very skinny, mean girl, good, lots of makeup, nice accessories. I get super triggered and I'm just waiting for her to bully me and I think that's why I don't like her because <laughs> I used to get picked on by girls like her at school. Maybe,
1: maybe that's what yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, anyway, that is it from Jay. Thank you very much. Jay from The Colonies. <laughs> Nancy.
2: Nancy says, Best parts of the week for me were Ray being thrown onto the street from the van. I'd be recording and exposing Ray... Faye's confession and then telling Adam, Gail moving in with Nick, Sally calling Tim Senor Muppet, Yazmi <laughs> telling Ray to jog on, Elaine having a rescued dog that is a Pomeranian, Aggie's reaction to seeing Grace and Michael together when she got home from work, Emma and the Rovers, and the character of the week is Abby. I give this week's episodes four and a half, coca buffs out of five.
1: Nice succinct list of success from last week's episode. Oh, yeah. I very much agree. It was an awesome week with Cory last I week. Think oh, Tinkerbell. Abby was so amazing last week. Why
2: didn't I give Tinkerbell character of the week?
1: Because it's a dog.
2: I've given a pedo van man character of the week. Still before. Human. I'll give it to a dog. Still human. I love that dog. Rebecca. They better keep that dog away from me because I will steal it.
1: Rebecca, Rebecca, Rebecca. Again, like I keep saying, I was surprised to see the houses getting moved out of. Ie the Platt's house being empty. Although Gail sat in the middle, did make me laugh, and I've appreciated the memes that have been making the rounds. I'm assuming that David will get the house back eventually, but when? I don't know. Love, yeah. I mean, I'm not expecting Tracy to move into this house at all. Uh, definitely long term. Are you, are you assuming that David is going to get the house back at some point? Okay, Gemma just did the zip my lips, so I think this is some of the spoilers that maybe she knows about. I have, I literally know nothing about this, um, and it seems to me, honestly, I think that having um, Tracy and Steve. And Amy moving into there would make sense because it's, you know, moving out of the cramp, number one. quite like to see them in a the proper house. They're a family, you know, a mum, a dad and a daughter. But I, d- I kind Be- of need somewhere David for do? David to live. He He doesn't feel like right anywhere he really else he looks like he yeah
2: he belongs in the platte house he, yeah he needs to and be that is there the Platt for the house. next
1: 50 years or so doesn't he yeah but uh, but tracy also tracy in that house i'd be just be getting flashbacks of when she whacked um charlie over the head and i know it wasn't in that house it was in number six but the living room layout being exactly the same and everything well that, she uh, that would cast me back
2: there was a reference made to her opening the curtains and having a flashback to sleeping with David Platt at one point today, yeah. I think. So that's quite funny. Hmm. Got a lot of history in the house.
1: That is. Um, Rebecca continues to say, loved love Jasmine telling Ray to jog on and Abby saying that she was her new hero. The Nick and Gail scene was cute and another reason why Nicky is always Gail's favourite. I agree that I thought we were going to get echoes when David was leaving the house. Uh, I'm glad that Faye finally confessed to both the police and Adam, although Adam was a little harsh to Faye. I'm glad she. I'm glad he said she wasn't to blame, but he couldn't say anything as it was ruined his name as a solicitor and it was in the police hands now. Yeah, we've got that upcoming court case. We've also got Paul's court case on Monday, haven't we, that they were alluding to in today's and episode. And that was the
2: court case that's coming about because he got confused about where Will lived and got we well he didn't get confused, well, he literally he got told, yeah. And um he beat the guy up or the guy beat him up, they had a fight and, uh, and now he's he worried basically... he's going to
1: go to prison, which he's not, is he being? Really... Why
2: not? They might as well all go to prison together. Change well, the Gar- show. Do
1: a little rotating door. Gary comes out. No, What's it's Gary still all doing in there? He's Gary everyone, he's known that Gary's everyone, been innocent for ages now.
2: Everyone's in prison together and in, it's not Coronation Street anymore, it's porridge. <laughs>
1: Um, I feel sorry for C- Craig and Michael might be right in setting up Emma and Craig as a couple. Maybe I am. Although the two nice people of the street put together might be a bit boring. I, however, did love Ray getting put in the police car and Debbie realising when Ray was going through the names, who might have dobbed him in, that she had backed the wrong donkey.
2: <laughs> loved, how Abby oh, got, that's great.
1: loved how Abby got the video evidence and confronted Ray with it. But I thought that, that might have bro- he might have broken the phone to destroy the evidence. Very true, however, I knew as soon as Sally took Abby to the side that Ray was going to drug her, and I was right Ray when I he...
2: didn't see it coming
1: I don't think I saw that coming, although I did make those predictions last week in the episode about the the glass being important, about Abby being woozy and remembering debbie there i i I kind of was saying, this is obvious what's going to happen here and and I <laughs> If I had a
2: pound every time on this podcast, I I went, well, I know obviously what's going to happen next. It seems obvious. Or there's only three ways this can end. And then I'm completely wrong. We wouldn't need a Patreon.
1: (laughs) I thought it would be Debbie gets accused of killing Ray, which hasn't happened. She confessed to killing Ray. And I thought, but I I didn't think that Debbie would still be secretly colluding with Ray this week. But I really, really do hope that she's doing it as an attempt to, you know get one over on him. I'd be disappointed if she really is, you know, helping him out for realsies. Um, Where did I get to in the email? I've got no idea.
2: Um, Ray was
1: right. No, Ray, when he kept saying Abby should be left to die, was a bit cruel. Yeah. And glad that Debbie kept trying to phone the ambulance.
2: Harsh but fair, I call it. (laughs) I'm assuming...
1: Right, here's Rebecca's predictions, and Rebecca always sends her predictions in on Monday afternoon, or emails in on Monday afternoon, so it's uh, it's always interesting to see whether she, how, how correct she was. She says I'm assuming Day, Debbie smacked Ray in self defence and maybe killed him or left him to die. Either way, I think we've seen the last of Ray. Uh-uh. Anyway, yeah, on to the other stories. Chesney and Gemma's money worries. I don't care. I'm more interested <laughs> in Sean. And great to see Dylan back. And another nod to maybe Dylan sticking around full time. That was true. There was, that, there was a couple of scenes with that story this week that we didn't go over. There was a bit where Gemma's looking mopey and, and Bernie's going to read her tea leaves. That didn't go anywhere, oh. did it? And then there was another scene where um, Sean was on the scene uh, on the phone to Dylan saying, oh, I'm so proud of you for sticking up for me or something. But it did, I didn't bother including them in Street Talk in the end because it didn't go anywhere. It seemed a bit like, why are they showing these? But yeah, I, 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 I'm still... Suitably interested in uh, in the Sean story personally. But um where where we know. I also love the cream horn line, but can understand why others didn't. And I agree with Michael, thank you. Over the bear bar joke. Kirk is thick, but he's not that thick. Though I loved Emma in that scene. I also loved how much of a cow Daisy is being to Emma. And she can't realise it, poor thing. Good to see Michael again. And Aggie was in the right. Yeah,
2: let's just all stand up for Aggie.
1: Love Tinkerbell. And even though Evelyn was being a cow at first, she realised in the end she was wrong and apologised to her in an Evelyn way. I also love Yasmeen and Elaine working together. Although I agree... Rebecca is agreeing with me all over the place this week. I love this. I agree with Michael. (laughs) Ali was annoying in the speed dial scene. (laughs) Character of the week is... Who else? Abby. And I give it four jog-on rays out of five.
2: Everybody super loved... Yasmin, telling Ray to jog on, I think that was a big takeaway from last week's.
1: Yeah. Takeaway in the takeaway.
2: Yep. We didn't have any
1: Yasmin this week, did we? I, Missed. no.
2: I want to say something about Grace and Aggie, which is really, fu- I've just realised, mm-hmm. is that I remember originally, um, I was, like, always a Grace apologist. Remember, I was like, something must have happened. Aggie must have done something. Why, Grace wouldn't be mean for no reason. It doesn't make sense. And I, like, took I took her side, even though... Um, it didn't it wasn't obvious whose side you were supposed to take, and everyone else was on Aggie's side. But now, well, from what you say, it sounds to me like everyone's being mean to Aggie. Yeah. And, But I'm on her side, not Grace's side, so I flipped. Also, I'll need to make a correction. Last um, episode, I was very smug, and I told you that I know all about American politics, and you know nothing, and I'm smart, and you're very dumb, because you don't know who Bernie Sanders is, and he is a Democratic... Bitten man. Um, Politician from America. I'm wrong. He's not. He's not actually a Democrat. Adrian pointed this out to me on Facebook. He is an independent candidate. Um, he just ran as a d- in the Democratic just
1: around he the Democrats. Just, does he?
2: <laughs> just ran in a Democratic the Democratic Caucus twice. So, there you go. I was wrong. Now I shall read I somebody else that on tape.
1: I'm recording you can, this. You can Gemma. play
2: that back whenever you like.
1: I was wrong.
2: <laughs> I'm I will always admit I will always admit it if I'm wrong. And also
1: You just never are.
2: I was wrong. And also, um like dissenting opinions, send them in about anything that we said about anything. Like stop being so self indulgent and talking about and being nice to alcoholics fine if you've had if probably if you've had an experience in your life where you've had to live with somebody who's had this addiction you will probably feel incredibly differently about it and if you want to share your experience about anything in the show do it in a nice way
1: though because Gemma is sensitive and she gets upset if people have a go at her
2: (laughs) yeah but nobody likes to nobody likes people to be actually mean to them do they no, and I don't. I don't think when I speak, I'm. I. I don't try to be mean to anybody. Did you so say? I would respect. What
1: did you say on the podcast? I don't think you mentioned this the other week when you you found somebody being horrible to you on an old forum <laughs> post.
2: I don't remember if I mentioned it. Probably.
1: Do you yeah. want to mention it? I brought it up now.
2: Oh, people were just being mean. You
1: googled Conversation Street and you found a forum post from a few I years can't ago. Why I
2: did it? I think I was just looking to see if there was any more. I can't remember. Maybe I was looking for. I don't know what I was looking for. Trouble, obviously.
1: And what did they say?
2: They said, "Well, I can't say it because um." It's they swearing. called you
1: a rude word.
2: They said I was. Can you blur, bleep it I out? I don't want
1: to do any bleeping.
2: They said I was an arrogant gob bleep. Yes. Because I I have opinion. I had opinions about Karna. and I really regret um, the fact that I upset anybody who felt that um, we ever said anything that would lead people to believe that we weren't sympathetic. And it's really difficult to talk about characters sometimes who represent two people more than they do to you. So Connor, like Rana and Kate represented something important to lots of people and they didn't to us. So we could talk about them in, in a very different way and criticize what happened to them and the way the story was told and we have a different perspective. And everybody will bring their own baggage to a story and have different interpretations because of that. Um, I think it's easy to think that somebody's arrogant when they share their opinions openly. I don't think I am (laughs) arrogant. But the thing is, you can't continuously apologise, even though I do, or be reluctant to share your opinions when you're doing a podcast. And you also have to be prepared to listen. You have to be prepared to listen to somebody's opinion. And if you're going to listen to a podcast that's four hours long, you are going to hear something at some point that you don't agree with. And if you can't handle it, then you need to find a podcast that more aligns to what you think is correct. And there's more than one Coronation Street podcast in the world now, so luckily you have a choice <laughs> of different ones that you want to listen to. But yeah, I don't want I anyone tell to them be
0: that.
2: Oh, they know. I don't want anyone to be upset. I really, really don't. And I think that also sometimes people put too much weight on what other people's opinions are. No, I'm not hurting anybody by saying the stuff that I'm saying. I don't have the power. To make anyone's life bad by having opinions about stuff, so really it shouldn't be that important. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> but it did. It did upset me. But I. I. I want to know what people think.
1: Just, oh, yeah. just be respectful. Bit better to get some feedback than none. No,
2: I prefer none. <laughs> Right. No personal feedback, per- feedback about the show I want to hear more of. Yeah, and so right. luckily we've got one more which is from Fangirl Overload123 who said Wednesday's episode, wow, that was phenomenal. Brilliantly acted, not gonna lie, I live for Gail and Eileen slang in matches. Also, the Cory Fandom showed just how immature we are when Gail talked about her funny.
0: <laughs> even Can't we,
2: even say it
1: with a straight voice. We were like,
2: oh no, this is not funny, this is juvenile, but even I went on there and did a couple of funny gifts. Well I know.
1: Yeah, like I said, I'm not saying that we didn't have a giggle about it, but I still kind of roll my eyes, and and I hold hot courage. Yeah, but you know, can
2: I just say you are the person who has the least uh, um, ammunition to talk to anybody about cringy. Oh no, no, because you love no, because you love Reg Holdsworth. I'm sitting watching him, and he's just the most ridiculous. (laughs) Gemma is
1: loving Reg Holdsworth. Everybody, we watched the waterbed episode today. Gemma, was that not? corrie gold
2: but i'm like it's like watching it's it like is, watching the most repulsive creature
1: it is so creepy but he is hilarious and sherry hewson wonderful as maureen and when she was getting a bit squiffy and the whole bit when um when david Merritt burst in and and maureen's like screaming her head off all over the place it was brilliant absolutely hilarious it is toe curling and, and like I said I've said I said when we did our Patreon episode about top five Cory characters. Literally every every second that Reg Holdsworth is on screen, he is putting on a comedy performance. And you, he's a character that you can't just listen to. You've got to watch him because his face and it's Oh, it's he licks his lips and, and he, he does pulls he li- weird
2: faces. <laughs> he does. He's, and he like pervs and he does his like finger waggling and
1: It's so so wrong, but I just love him, and and you are that you're you're giggling at him as well. I I know it's a bit of I'm uncomfortable watching him, but I know it also is
2: uncomfortable to watch him knowing what some of the things he got up to.
1: Oh, I know, I know.
2: Problematic is not doesn't even cover it.
1: But I'm not thinking about Ken Morley, and I know you can't separate them really. But,
2: um, oh my god, well, the separation of art and artist is the biggest
1: I controversy of our time, isn't it? Reg Holdsworth. He has made me laugh more than so many, well, almost any other Coronation Street character. To
2: avoid future no apologies. problematic discussions on this podcast, our official stance is separate the two. Separate the two. <laughs> I can't be having conversations every time and apologising and getting upset about whenever, whoever. Decides because this will know, you know it's going to happen in the future at some point. Just a matter of who it's going to be. Runs off and does something completely inappropriate and then has to be fired. I. It's not. That's
1: never happened before on Coronation two. Street.
2: Separate the two. I'm not. I'm not going to deal with this again. Anyway, we really interrupted. Vanguard overload one two three was telling us. Oh yeah. She had told us that she liked the Fanny. <laughs> <laughs> no, she did. She said that we um. We all find the Fanny. We, funny. <laughs> She also said that Peter was punch- punching Ken. Wow. That was unexpected. I agree. You don't because you saw the tweet. I saw it about,
1: you know, two minutes. I also liked how action. they mentioned
2: Val. I also loved Aggie and yeah, Aggie and Grace rivalry. It kind of reminds me of Gail and Ivy. Ah, that's what you said. Oh, yeah, I said that. Are we supposed to be on Debbie's side or not? Will she have a sudden bout of conscience and turn Ray in at the last minute? Character of the week is Gail and I give it three and a half. Missing Rays who were murdered, but not actually murdered. Just hiding in a hotel room.
1: Out of five. <laughs> no. I thought, Yeah, me and Fangalover led one, two, three's opinions aligned quite a bit this week, didn't we?
2: I honestly think that a lot of the time we get feedback which really disagrees with everything we say because the people that don't agree with what we say don't listen to the whole thing because they get so annoyed they turn it off.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, excuse me, that was just a bit of a yawn because we are now at Boring ten past you. one. I'm not... Yeah, no, no, no. This it must
2: have been the most annoying podcast to listen to. I no!
1: I think people would like hate to this, this week.
2: podcast this week.
1: Right, before we go, I would like to say, ta-very much love to Jess Carrier, who is our latest Patreon patron who just joined up today. Thank you very much. Um, and if you would like to also join the ranks of Patreon, by all means do go to con- uh, go to patreon.com/slash conversations and sign up. Alternatively, you could in- enter our Patreon. Competition, which we talked about way back at the beginning of the show, so you can rewind back if you want to hear those details again. But it's just a little reminder, now you've reached the end of this, and you're thinking, oh, what shall I do now? Go <laughs> and enter the competition. What? Conversation just stay an three amount three of things. time. You might win. You might win the top-tier stuff. It's great. Enter it. Go on. <laughs> Nothing to lose. You've
2: got until the 19th of February. You have,
1: but don't leave it too late, otherwise um, we're going to start getting
2: panicky. <laughs> Um, thank you for your time, I I understand that it's precious, and we are glad that you spend it with us, we hope that you enjoy the show, and I hope that you, what?
1: I just haven't mentioned the bonus podcast this week, we do a character profile of Jeff, you really enjoyed recording that, you told me, oh, we both enjoyed it, but you, it, we finished recording it last really night, long. and you were like, yeah, that was good, we had a good old discussion about the great Magnifico, didn't we, it was... <laughs> quite magnificent so um, if you'd like to relive his best and worst moments on Curry, get yourself over and download that too that's my plug
2: and sorry
1: look stuff it it's twice two podcasts in a week you felt like really guilty afterwards how many people well, wrote it, to us this week and said oh Gemma, rah, 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 last week I know and I know it's people, my
2: it's my it, it's, it's my personal it's not, problem that I shouldn't share with people and make and and yeah I know I need to get over myself
1: don't make people feel guilty for being what? angry at you today. <laughs>
2: <laughs> feel free to be mad at me.
1: Just don't tell her. You make her sad. Oh, what the
2: Don't hell
1: review hell? us on one star on iTunes. Oh no, delete all of this. Right, um, that is it. We are going to be back next week. I've got to get up in the morning and stick a cotton swab up my nose and down my throat. So hooray, oh, can look you wait forward till I, I
2: wake up? I want to see you doing it.
1: I, I, um, no, because I've got to do it in the morning oh, and you? it's Saturday.
2: Yeah, yes. I do You don't get up,
1: you don't get up in the mornings on Saturday, no. Um,
0: so right. goodbye! Shut up, goodbye, then.
1: everybody. The music for this episode came from podcast <sighs> themes. Don't sign my, my sponsor thing. Not sponsor. Um, what do I even do Credit. this for? It's been like podcast eight and a half years. I don't even know why I'm com. saying it.
2: Thank you. You are a wonderful person. you
1: made some lovely music for us. No, thank you for listening, you wonderful person. Yeah,
2: you're quite good too. Bye.